Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 48, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I'm excited to watch the New Jersey Devils in person for the first time in two years on Friday. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and he's wearing a Clemson Tigers hat, and that is just strange. And this right here, this is Joey Parisi, and he's finally repping a New Jersey Devil something on this show. It's about time. Now we just got to get Frankie to rep something weird. Frank, I didn't mean to call your hat weird. That was just the first word that popped into my mind. I'm sorry. How come you said, hey, Frank, did you realize he said you're repping, the, it's weird that you're wearing the hat, but then he's like, we need Frankie to rep something weird. But I thought you just called his hat weird. No, so like, no, no. Rep something devils. No, oh, you said rep something weird. I you never know when I throw a curveball and I, I have a devil's hat. He's going to be ever, decked out. If you ever decked out in devil's gear. <laughs> He'll have the face would, paint like the Seinfeld guy. Yeah, like yeah. David Putty. I would lose my mind if Frankie went all out for the devils. I know they're your enemy right now. I get that. And I'm cool with that. You're Maybe not my something enemy. special is uh, down the line. We got something brewing. Oh, I love that. Oh, brewing. Something brewing? Brewing. Something brewing. Boston brewing? Frank. Yeah. You're, I'm your enemy right now, but you're not mine yet. The Devils play the Penguins tomorrow. Oh, so you're okay. looking as you're looking ahead at the Devils. I yeah. am looking for that forward to that game too, but I Devils still have another game in between. I, I was gonna say some business to take care of, but I mean the Penguins are probably gonna freaking blow them out of the water. You wanna know something crazy? I don't have this written down. Sidney Crosby just scored his 500th career goal. Right? Who do you think assisted on most of them? Who has the most assists on a Crosby goal? Malcolm. I would, I would guess it's Chris Letang. Oh, one of you said it. <laughs> it's Evgeny Malkin. Oh, is it? Christopher Letang is sitting at 99 career assists on Crosby goals. So the next time... How many Letang, does Malkin have? It's like 117. Or so. It's not oh, that so it's far, not off. far off. Yeah. No. Okay. And so when Letang... I have a tweet already brewed up in my drafts ready to go for whenever this happens. Latang's next assist on a Crosby goal will be his 100th assist on a Crosby goal. And I think that's awesome. I mean, these three guys have been one of the best like cores in the whole league for m- maybe ever. I mean, they, they, they've just been fun, but you know, what's up, Scox? Welcome to chat. Happy to have you here. I want to ask you guys, yesterday was 2-22-22 on a Tuesday. Joe, what do you like about the number two? Oh, for the love of salmon sandwiches. For the love of salmon sandwiches, right? That's all I saw. And like Twitter was just broken for a good segment because everyone was freaking out about 22 which is cool. Yeah. That I mean, I no one even thought about it. 22 22 Yeah, it was I saw Barstool Chicago had a big post for, you know, Lorner, whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Lorner and Roe. 
Um, Frank, I, I always think of you when I see that guy. You though. remember that? <laughs> uh, yeah, we, I'll tell you the quick story. When Frankie and I, we were waiting in the car, just him and I, our, his brother went in to grab pizzas, right? And it was just Frankie and I. And uh, was it on the radio? We heard it on the radio? Yeah, but I told you about it, I thought, right? And then like, yeah. Yeah, we heard it on the radio. Singing it or he, Frankie started singing. He's like two, 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 twenty-two, twenty-two. We pull up to the to get the pizza. I think it was Domino's, and all of a sudden we look up and there's the big sign. We were at one of the places, and like the two, 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 twenty-two, twenty-two, and we heard it on the radio. Frankie it was said weird. it. It was so it was bizarre. Uh, so I think weird. of Frankie every time I hear those commercials or see the billboards now. But back to two, twenty-two, twenty-two. The thing that I really didn't like think about it or do, do anything about it. Like there's a lot of, you know, hockey teams posting like their number 22s and all that shout out Willie O'Ree number 22 forever in the rafters for the Boston Bruins. Um, but it was when Vin, when we got a snap from our cousin, I don't know if you got it, Frank, you probably got it too. And in, in a group chat, our cousin shout out Nick Wayne at 10:22. This is freaked me out. It at was 10, banana lands at 10:22 yesterday, which is 22:22 military time or to the 24-hour clock. At 22:22 on the clock, it was 22 degrees outside. Like the odds of that happening are to one in a billion. So I mean, that was that was crazy for me. Yeah, that is banana lands. Frank, what do you think? What do you like about 22? Well, actually, so the other night I was up on the 21st. I stayed up late. I was watching tennis, uh, ATP Acapulco they were in. And it, it ended up being so funny enough, right? This is going to be kind of a lengthy story here. Just bear with me. So funny enough, I was watching it, right? And John Isner was playing a match. And he actually broke the record for the longest match in Acapulco. So the Zverev match after that um, – or no, it was John Isner played somebody, and then there was a match after John Isner, and the match after John Isner broke the record that John Isner just set a couple hours ago for the longest match. So this Zverev match was the last match of the night. Started at like 1 in the morning, and Acapulco time is on the same time as Central. So it was like they were starting at 1 o'clock in the morning, and during the match, they're like, all right, guys, hold on. It's going to be 2.22 a.m. on 2.22.22, and I was watching that. But then interestingly enough, Obviously, when you relate it back to hockey, the two I think of is Duncan Keith, right? And the other day, we were at an antique shop out by G's house. It was me, Paula, Tom, and G. And they like to go to get a whole bunch of different stuff. You know, they make, like, signs out of old license plates, stuff like that. It's just, like, a whole bunch of antique things. But we're cool. looking in the – the there's, like, a, a glass box, like a desk, but it was all made glass. And in there – there's like a whole bunch of different sports trading cards or signed helmets. And I looked down and there's a rookie autographed signed Duncan Keith number two. And you I, tell, and I tell G I'm like, gee, look at this. Cause you know, her favorite player is Duncan Keith. So I'm like, look at this, look, it's a Duncan Keith Blackhawks rookie card. And obviously I was like, nah, we just left or whatever. Right. So, but I'm by G yesterday. And I get surprised that they went back and they picked it up for me. No way. It is. This is the most authentic rookie card you're going to see. It's numbered. It's his actual rookie card. Uh, his actual signature. It's. Holy shit, dude. A certificate of authenticity <laughs> patch on the back. Is it uh, is it upper deck or top? So what is it's upper deck, but if you look on the back of the card, because it gives you statistics of the years they played hockey, it has his 2002-2003 WHL 
uh, stats. And then his 2003-2004 and then 2004-2005 uh, seasons with AHL. So this was his first year in a Blackhawks uniform in 2005-2006. And this is like – this is his rookie you're going to get. Like it, It's crazy. Like what, What's the I, number? 151 out of 599. Damn, that's sick. That is really sick. That is really cool. But – I number think, two story. He should have went last. Our new Joe, number two story stink. Why this is so special too is because when it was pulled, whoever pulled this card, it wasn't originally signed by Duncan Keith. So oh. they, they they took a one fifty one out of five ninety nine and had it signed in person by him because the certificate on the back, if it was, you don't get that if you just pull it off of a, a top. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so somebody actually had the sign, which increases the value that you got it on a rookie card. It, it is just a rookie so numbered cool. card. It's a rookie numbered card. Yeah. And this is like the rookiest you're going to get. It doesn't even have any of his NHL stats on it, but he's in a Blackhawks uniform. So I thought awesome. receiving this card on 222-22 is pretty spectacular. That is spectacular. I guess that depletes me talking about like Tony LaRusso wearing number 22 or <laughs> – <laughs> I remember uh, Jordan Tutu was not yeah. his last name was Tutu, T O O T O O. He wore number twenty two, and his birthday was February second. That's weird too. Yeah, so they, I believe Nashville. Weird. I believe the Nashville Predators put a picture on Instagram yesterday, and they posted it at two twenty two p.m. And they said, yeah, "Here's I a picture of Jordan Tutu at two twenty two p.m." <laughs> and that's so weird because that's his last name. So like, yeah. what are the odds? It's not Me like too. the parents named him that because yeah. that's really weird. It probably made him pick that number. Oh, yeah. My guess. But he I obviously mean, grew he up loving the, the number. Hawks, he was 20 on the Hawks, if I remember correctly. Someone was, was 20. Someone, I, I swear, thought was... I thought someone was 22 and he had to be 20. Maybe that was on the Devils. I no, he was know. 22 on the Devils. Yeah. Or... I would say Mike Bossy is the, the greatest NHL player to wear 22. But Willie O'Ree might be the most influential. Sean Thornton. Close. <laughs> you know, I thought Sean Thornton wore 22, but I don't want to say it and sound like a disrespectful buffoon to uh, Willie O'Ree. Yeah, he did. You know what was There's interesting, been, though? been a couple players since. Mexican cuisine took over the 2-2-2-2-2 thing yesterday. Because they, like, it was Tuesday, so it was like a mega taco Tuesday. And there was also National Margarita Day. So, did you have any margaritas at night? I did. I did. Frank? I did not. Oh, I, I didn't know I it was National have... Margarita Day. Yeah, I, I love tacos margaritas. too. Yeah, I tacos too. What a uh, co host. You... He doesn't even invite his, his, his co host. Neither of you invite me to anything. If uh, it was that place, it was a version of it in Palatine. Yeah, we're doing something together now without it. It was a version of in Palatine. Joe, we had one around the block of our Bartlett house. It was one taco dos margarita or one oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. one taco dos It's a chain, apparently. Yeah, there's yeah. one in freaking Palatine, and we had it in Bartlett a couple times. Yeah, uh, it was good, good stuff. No free ads, good. but if you live in the area, go there. Yeah. Outstanding. The the I, I think I met the owner at the one in Bartlett. He's a real cool guy. You know what's interesting though? I don't like their strawberry marg as much as the mango one. And nine out of ten places, I would like the strawberry one better. I like strawberry margs like the most. And at this place, I was all about the mango one. And they had a really good Coke. Outstanding Coke there. Of the liquid variety, of course. You guys want to talk some hockey? 
Uh, I'm sure, having fun absolutely. talking about tacos and twos. You want to talk about tacos and twos? What's your favorite meat in a taco? And before um, the show, Joey goes, hey, can we keep it under two hours today? I got some stuff I got to do. <laughs> Go to talk about hockey. No, I, you know, why don't we talk about tacos in the number two for a little dude. while longer? Uh, I like carne asado. I'll keep it nice and short. Carne asada, dude. In a Frank, taco? I'm, I'm Frank, a chicken guy. Chicken guy. I'm a chicken guy. <laughs> chicken, I like chicken. Chicken's my number one favorite meat in the world, but – in tacos, it's probably my least favorite. I don't know why. Chicken, Frankie's a chicken taco. No, on a flour tortilla, no onions. Make sure there's no tomatoes, no hot sauce, but extra cheese, extra, nacho uh, cheese. Yeah, Even put cheese. a little sour cream and a little easy on the lettuce. A little, a little easy on the lettuce. He's he's like the American tacos. I've actually I've acquired a love for like those corn tortilla tacos when there's two of them with. Uh, cilantro and onion and some yeah. carne asada, and then you just dump the green, the green little salsa things they all give you. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but absolutely, I love phenomenal. it too. I I have loved for the American style and the Mexican style. I like the meat, tomato, cheese, and lettuce just as much as I like the cilantro and onion. Person, Here, here's a fact in the chat: Joe Gaduto, Uncle Joe, he was 22 when he got out of the Navy. Two, two, two. On February 22nd. Yeah. No, I don't think so. But yeah. no, yeah. Could you imagine yeah, if you got crazy. out of it? If you got that out, out no shot. Are you guys excited for three, 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 thirty three? Yeah, I guess. I'm not ready for that. I, I, just, I don't want it to come under, like tomorrow. Just but. under ten years away. Where are you gonna be on well, three, I'm, three, thirty three? This wigged me out. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure. I just heard this. Our cousin Leah is class of 33 and that blew my mind just to be like the class it made me feel really fucking old <laughs> Ew. To, to be the class of 33 yeah no shot let's enjoy today i'm enjoying 2022 as much as i possibly can um now are you ready to talk oh wait really quick before we go into hockey do you find it a little weird that chicken's my favorite meat but probably my least favorite meat in tacos yeah it is weird it is weird. Because it, it's it such depends. a great filling for a taco. I, I'm not saying it's bad. I just, for tacos, like El Pastor, beef, ground beef, and chorizo. However, more. when I, I, I go to, like, why. Taco Bell, it's not my number one choice. That's my, yeah, that, that but, falls into the category, too. That's but, the if same I make, thing. but if I'm making yeah. a homemade taco, I'd, I'd rather chicken. Or, like, you go to a taco whatever. place. Yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying, Frankie. Taco Bell is a different ballgame. Yeah. You, like, I don't even think of it being like you got like Mexican taco. food and then Taco Bell. It's, like, two different things. Yeah. Taco Bell's chicken was made in the back using, like, I don't know, gelatin or something weird like that. We got Damian Hernandez saying chicken is not meat. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, Damian it's definitely Hernandez. a meat. Damian Hernandez, I don't know what planet he's Maybe from. he knows something we don't. Maybe he does. This ain't beyond chicken. And this also isn't conspiracy theory talking conspiracies episode number 48. This is bar down talking hockey episode number 48. And with that, I would like to send it over to period number one. Welcome to period one, where I'm very excited to talk a little bit of pucks. Um, guys, no football for a while. So we're like solely on uh, hockey right now. The lockout's going to end sometime next week. Wink, wink. You heard it here first. Um, I actually did have somebody tell me that they're very confident it will be unlocked by this time next week. 
So we'll see. Maybe it'll end up being Thursday or Friday, which is also possible. The problem is, and I know I said we're going to talk hockey, but I'll just give a little baseball update because you could tune in tomorrow at 2 p.m. to Crosstown Crosstalk and listen to me talk about baseball. If they aren't unlocked by Tuesday, then it'll start eating some regular season games. And every week after that, we'll eat a week of regular season games. So if it ends by Friday of next week, they'll probably play 152 games instead of 162 games, which isn't necessarily the end of the world, but it would be nice to see them come to a deal by Monday. They're meeting again right now as we speak, and you could keep it with us on Twitter to all the updates on that. Hockey. Joe, talk about your Boston Bruins. Yeah, uh, real quick, before I dive into the Boston Bruins, um, I want to say you said there was no football, but there there was an event that happened over the uh, over the weekend that was actually very very entertaining. And Frank, I feel like you would like you haven't uh, you haven't really given this sport a try because I haven't. I've never sat down and watched it before, but I for the first time sat down and watched it and invested. I asked questions to learn more about it because you think it's it's pretty self explanatory, but there's a lot that goes into it. And that, of course, is the Daytona 500 that took place. And it took place on Sunday, and I was watching it with our cousin Frank. And I I don't know if Frank's watching right now, but I would say I'm like kind of a NASCAR fan now. Like I had so much fun watching it, and there's so much that goes into it. With There's different stages of a certain number of laps, and they got when there's a wreck, which is electrifying. <laughs> there's um, there's cautions that take place where the, all the cars have to they stop racing for a second, and then after the caution is done, then they go back and, and race. They, they start the race up again, depending on what places they were in when the caution you know happened so i just wanted to give a shout out to austin Sindrick, who won the daytona 500 and there were there were some nasty wrecks it was actually it was very very entertaining um so i the next time there's like a huge nascar race i'm probably gonna like you know be invested and in, i'm gonna want to know who won it's just a very cool sport that has my attention so uh, i just wanted to give a shout out to the daytona 500 frank have you ever watched any nascar I haven't, but I, I did see and heard who won. I'm pretty sure he was a rookie. Yeah. And Bubba yeah. Wallace came in yeah. second, and Bubba Wallace was a big favorite. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, like, events that big, it's kind of hard not to know what happened just by mm-hmm. because I'm a sports guy. So, but, yeah, I mean, I would give it a watch. I know it's really long, though. Oh, it is. Like, it was, uh, it's like an all-day thing. Yeah. I have a question. We missed a big chunk of it because we had to go play the hockey game, and then it was it was still on when there's 200 laps. Yeah. I have crazy. a question. The guy who won that you like, where's he from? Uh, the guy who won, I never said. I didn't say I like him. Uh, oh, I don't know where he's from. I don't. Oh, okay. I, very I new was, to the sport. I was waiting for you to say you like found some guy from Boston. No, but, no, no, no. Like you're excited to cheer on. He might not even be from the U.S. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know anything about racers or anything. There was a couple of rookies. One of the rookies I was we were really rooting for. He was he was doing good. He was uh, and when they're a rookie, they have a, a yellow strip on their bumper. I think that's a little weird, like to let the other no- racers know that they're a rookie. Anyway, this rookie, this rookie gets bumped and it caused a big wreck. <laughs> Seven people got eliminated because because of this wreck. Because like one guy race? one guy bumped them, and it's like a strategy. You bump them, the guy spun out, took out seven other cars, and okay, now there's seven less people in the competition. It's that's like part crazy. of the it's like part of the sport, I guess. I don't know. A little weird, but it's very entertaining when shit like that happens. Obviously, every, hopefully everyone's okay, but um, it was uh, 
Yeah, Drumline says I like the last 15 laps. It, it gets very intense. Like, you think of the Kentucky – imagine the Kentucky Derby, but really, really long. It's it's like that. So and if you catch the last 15 laps, it's, it's very entertaining. But back to the Boston Bruins. So last show – Are we show a little shorter than usual today? I got some stuff I got to do. So last uh, last Wednesday there was two uh, two games already on this road trip. So I'm just going to re-highlight. They started a road trip um, last Saturday and they played Ottawa. They won two nothing. It was a fantastic game. And then they went on a little New York swing. Then we watched that Rangers game together. Right, you were there. Yeah, we watched yeah. the Rangers yeah. game together where they lost one to two or two to one in overtime. It was a great, Jeremy Swayman was playing again. I was hoping he'd go for a second shutout in a row. Then they completely shit the bet against the New York Islanders two days later on Thursday. So now we're in a new territory stuff we haven't talked about on the show. Um, and so now, you know, they lost their past two and they go into Ottawa again on Saturday and they're playing another road game. I'm like, okay, they got to win this game. And it, it's a nail biter Two two. Uh, the Bruins eventually get the win three, two in Ottawa to close out that road trip. And now it doesn't seem so bad. So you, could you look at it? It's two, one and one on the road trip. Okay. You got points in three or four games ended up being a pretty successful road trip with those two Ottawa wins. Um, and now I'm getting nervous because who comes to town on Monday, president's day matinee, 12 o'clock our time, the Colorado avalanche. And man, am I nervous? No, or Patrice Bergeron's back, but still no Brad Martian. And you could tell the offense needs him. They end up going with going with Jeremy Swayman again. And honestly, this was the most complete effort I've seen from the Boston Bruins. David Pasternak is on another level. He scored twice in the game. Bergeron had a goal. Uh, this game against a team that's as good as the Colorado Avalanche gives me hope that this Bruins team, they can make a playoff run. They can compete with the best of them. The one goal that the Avalanche scored was, you know, a Nathan McKinnon rocket, as you just saw from from just uh, just above the uh, hash marks there. And there's no stopping that. But I was sad Jeremy Swayman didn't get the shutout because he deserved it. He looked unreal. So I'm looking forward to this upcoming week where they go on their West Coast road trip. They're playing Seattle. First time I get to watch a full 60 minute game uh, for the Seattle Kraken at home. I haven't seen a full game, you know, in the Kraken's new stadium, like in Vestley, but I will be tomorrow when the Bruins make their way there. And then they play San Jose, LA, Anaheim, Vegas, Columbus. So they got a long road trip. I'm very interested to see how they do. Brad Marchand's back. So they're getting their best player back. So I'm hoping that the Bruins are able to continue that momentum from what I am considering the best game I've seen the Bruins play in, I'll say even a couple of years. Uh, I'm hoping they're able to continue that momentum into this West Coast swing. The only time this year that they had a, a game that they played almost as good was they played the Nashville Predators in like December and they won two to nothing. So, yeah, you can argue it was a better game, but they only scored two goals and Jeremy Swayman had to stand on his head. He made 42 saves in that game to give himself his first shutout. Uh, and when you're, you know, obviously, if you're letting up that many shots, you're, you're doing something wrong. They control the Colorado Avalanche like I've never seen the Avalanche be controlled. So I loved it. That's kind of like my Bruins highlight of the week. Yeah, you know, it was really cool. I watched pretty much the entire second half of that Bruins Avalanche game, and I'll be frank with you. The reason that I didn't watch the first half of the game was because I kind of forgot that it was going on. And I'm well in tuned in hockey. I'm well plugged in. I know what I'm doing when it comes to this stuff. And for some reason, the fact that the Bruins started that early during the day, it was President's Day. So, you know, I understand why they played during the day. Lots of people were off, but... 
I think it's almost like a Bruins thing. I feel like every like to have holiday. Veterans Day, yeah. Veterans Day, President's Day, like Memorial Day, they always yeah. throw the Bruins on at like noon. I don't know. Like federal holidays that honor something like President's yeah. Day. And it's always a home game. It's like a big deal in Boston. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, that's where America was invented. Uh, let, let's be real. America was invented in Boston. So I understand why they kind of have the whole thing there. Um, the Bruins played well against Colorado. I, I loved to see it. Colorado, they have the best odds according to – do you guys follow Dom Lachusen on Twitter? He writes for The Athletic. He's a very advanced statistics-based writer. He's a great follow if you're a hockey fan. This guy, he come, he's got these, like, hockey player cards that, like, show their goals and assists and whether or not – like, if it's gold-colored – Frank, you would like this because I know you like cheeky colors and stuff you're like me. That's, like, gold if you're – a star player it's like i want to say it's green if you're like an above average player there are different colors to code it and mcdavid is like gold and everything except defense he's like below average in defense not a lot of people talk about it but like that that's stuff for another day he has the colorado avalanche as the team with the likeliest chance to win the stanley cup just based on advanced statistics it has nothing to do with opinion it's literally inserting numbers into his computer numbers of the past and the computer spits out who it thinks is based on percentages, who's going to win the cup. The avalanche came number one, Florida was in second, which was so interesting to me because even though I think they're that good, they haven't done anything yet. So like the fact that the computers are saying that, but like to see the Bruins do that over Colorado was just so cool to me. And Jake DeBrusque had a good game. Pasternak scored two goals on the one year anniversary of the Barbie girl song, which I just thought was a mortal lock like how did we not bet all of our money that pasta would have a talk on the one-year anniversary of the barbie girl song i mean sometimes this stuff just writes itself so credit to the bees man they're doing good frank got anything on the bees yeah i just i hope they could stay consistent um they've been a little inconsistent lately that was a huge win over over colorado a big uh 5-1 win uh it was 5-1 or 6-1 Five one win, a huge win. It was a big statement game by the Bruins. But uh, as we've seen lately, they lost six zero to Carolina over a week ago. And to me, Colorado is better than Carolina. So to not even make the game against Carolina close was kind of a little worrisome. You know, if you lost like two to nothing, three to nothing, yeah, but you got blown up by Carolina, which is kind of worrisome. Then you got two big wins against Ottawa, one being a shutout, the other being three to two. Um, but then they came home and they lost, or was it? No, they were on the road against the Islanders. Yeah, they lost mm-hmm. on the road against they, the Islanders, four to one, that. in a game they should have won. So, I, I the Bruins are a good team. They proved that the other night, but they just got to be a little more consistent. I think. I agree, and that's that's what every Bruins fan wants right now is consistency. But there is one thing that kind of you know makes me a little le- at ease. They are the only team in the NHL out of all 32 teams. And this is actually kind of bizarre because there's some great teams in the league right now. Looking at Colorado, Carolina, Florida, as we mentioned, they're the only team in the league that have not lost three games in a row. That's banana land. And it's been on the cusp, like at least once a week for the past, like three weeks, like where they'll lose two, and then, okay, uh, is that streak going to hold? And they end up winning the third game. Now they're on a two game win streak. So, and yeah, Frank about Carolina, I don't know what it is about Carolina. They're like the new Washington Capitals in terms of they just have the Bruins number. I'm a little worried if they have to play them in the playoffs. Um, The Bruins have had their number in the playoffs. They swept them two years. 
So, I mean, who knows what happens in the playoffs? I know it's a different ball game, but I think I went over this last week. They, their la- most recent game, 6 nothing. Before that, they lost 7-1, to one, and before that, they lost 3 to nothing. That's like 16-1 to one in goal differential um, against the Carolina Hurricanes. So, I, I just want to stay away from that. I'm glad they don't have to play them at all anymore this year. So, Frank, are you cool with admitting that this is probably a bees podcast when the playoffs roll around? Yeah, I mean... It's a shame because the Hawks are heartbreakers right now, but what about my team? Yeah. I mean they're worse than the Hawks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Frankie just had to throw play. that in there. He just had to make sure the uh, audience what, knows. What's the point differential right now? I don't even know. I think know. the Devils have thirty nine and the Hawks are in the forties, forty four. I think they have Yes, the Devils have thirty nine with a three ninety point percentage. And the Blackhawks have forty four with a four twenty three point percentage. So the Black Holy shit, dude. Blackhawks are a little better. The Bruins are going to have more points combined than the Hawks and the, the Devils. Devils have played. The Devils have played two. That's not funny, games. Jay. That's why I said point percentage. Yeah, the they Devils have, have better, played two less games. Yeah, the the Hawks still have a better point percentage. No, they, they do. The Bruins are going to end up having more points than the Hawks and Devils combined. That's possible. If the Devils smoke the Bruins on or the Hawks on Friday, though, that's two wins against them. Can you say they're better? Um, I don't know. It's going to be a payback game, I think. I'm looking forward to it. I'm the, looking the first to it. game we'll, was close. We'll to get to that in a minute. We'll get to that yeah. in a minute. Um, I, 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 I just want to say one more thing about our guy. And I, I'm, I have his highlights of his 2022 highlights that is pulled up. I check it almost every, almost after every game, after every week at least, to see how the rest of the league is doing. David Pasternak is still sitting at the league scoring leader of the new year at 19 goals. And Vin, I texted you during that avalanche game. I think it's 100% possible that he scores 50 goals. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. He's 23 goals away. The season is a little more than half over. I'm, I'm looking at 50 goals for David Pasternak, especially if he keeps his rate up. Him playing with Taylor Hall is like a new a new pasta or a rejuvenated pasta. How many does he have right now? 27. It's it's tough. He needs to He needs to be better than normal. But, I mean, if he keeps this pace that he's at right now, and you could just say, oh, yeah, he's hot right now. How long is that going to last? It's We're going into March. No, I get A two-month two pace of being hot, you're not necessarily hot. You're just an awesome goal scorer. <laughs> I would probably take the under on every player, 49 and a half, except for Thuse. Because, like, even Dry Seidel, he'll have plays where he's the assist man. Ovechkin, he'll probably pump close to 50. We'll see. Um, the going six games without a goal kind of hurt him a little bit in terms of reaching 50 this year. But now he's, you know, you knew once he'd get one, he got two in that game. Like, of course, that that's always going to happen. But what's so funny? I'm waiting for Frankie. To, he's going to call my nothing, drink nothing, out. Nothing. Oh, the drink. <laughs> I was like, did I say something wrong? Um, yeah, we'll see. I hope he does. The more 50 goal scores, the better the NHL is. If it were up to me, Matthews, Ovechkin, Dreisaitl, uh, hockey and Pasternak would all score 50 and they'd all be in contention for the heart trophy. And, you know, the more scoring, the better screw goalies, Frank, the Hawks, interesting year, similar to the devils up and down, good play here, bad play there. Um, the Hawks don't have as many young, vibrant players as they, as some of the other teams around them in the standings, but they have assets to trade away if they can get a first and a top prospect for Hagel, they'll do it. If they could get something for Marc-Andre Fleury, they'll do it. It's hard to see them trading 
Taves because I don't think anybody would give anything of value for him. And then Patrick Kane, sure. But I think the Hawks are more likely to trade Patrick Kane either in the summer or next trade deadline, not this trade deadline. And then, like I said, I don't think anybody's biting on Taves. So what do you do? Where do you stand on the team? What do you got for me? Well, it's been a terrible season so far. Uh, you know, they're 18, 26, and 8. They come in 7th in the Central Division and 14th in the, the Western Conference, which I guess if you're going to make light out, out of any situation, they're not last in either. So there's that to look at. Joey's making fun of me, but – so the Hawks. Wait, I just want to make it clear. Are you happy that the Kraken exists? Because if it weren't for the Kraken, well, I knew the Kraken would suck this year. I no, no. But if the Kraken didn't exist, the Hawks would be in last in the Central because Arizona would still be in the Pacific, and the Kraken wouldn't be one of the two teams below. Yeah. So, there so we go. yay, cool. Kraken! Yeah, right, I, I love the Kraken. I good right. for them. They're a good team. <laughs> Not really, but. Um, but anyway, so then the Hawks last week, they since our last show, they've played three games, right? And they started a six-game homestand. And, you know, any regular fan would be looking at this homestand and be like, oh, this is a big chance. Maybe the Hawks could pull together maybe four out of six wins, right? But interestingly enough, the Hawks are a better road team than they are home team. At home, they're eight. 13 and four, but on the road, they're 10, 13 and four. So they have a better road record and sure as shit. I don't know why they shit the bed at home, but they've lost three in a row at home and this homestand they're zero and three already, which just stinks, which is opposite. You would think normal teams in the NHL have a better statistically home record than they do on the road. And with the Hawks being as bad as they've been, it just doesn't make sense that they play better on the road. It, it just boggles my mind. But then you look at our, you know, you got Kane leading the team in points. He's got 49. He's not having the best year. I mean, fans are shitting on him saying, oh, Patrick Kane stinks. How many goals has he got? 13? Yeah, he's got 13 goals, and he's not having Patrick like – he's not having a Patrick-like year in terms of his numbers. But he's got 36 assists. So he's got a total of 49 points in 48 games, which is point per game. But is that Patrick Kane numbers? No. I mean, he could have well over 60 right now, I could see, to be honest with you. I mean – He's not playing up to Patrick Kane, but you can't shit on the guy. He's point per game. There's teams that would kill for that for some of their players. Um, to bring it, he's been an absolute stud, 29 goals. I hope he gets to 40 so bad. He's been a little less productive in the productive in the assist game. Um, <clears throat> but as far as what's been going on lately, like I said, they've, they've lost three in a row and at home on the homestand. You know, the thing that hurts the most, recently that kind of sums up the season and how well flurry has been pl playing lately and flurry gets a shutout, but loses the game that against the Dallas stars. That just kind of sums up the whole season right there. That's just a slap in the face. Like what, what more can you do to not get this guy a win? Like he played his ass off and he, you still lose. You get a shutout and lose. That doesn't happen too often. Um, so that was really disappointing. Uh, you, you could expect a whole lot of changes coming before the trade deadline, maybe even this offseason. They played piss poor against Florida, too. Um, but I really have nothing else to say about that game. Um, we're going to see a lot of changes from the Hawks, maybe not as many before the trade deadline, but definitely some during the offseason. Um, even we'll see how the front office changes go, too, not only the players on the ice and the players in the organization. But I just really hope that we could see a change coming next season because I feel like as a Blackhawks fan, 
I'm at the lowest of lows right now because I just want to see them win. I was kind of spoiled getting to see them win three Stanley Cups in six seasons. And it was like some of the most fun that I had in my entire life, like going to high school and getting to talk about it with everybody and watching the games and be like, oh, my God, the Hawks have a chance. They're going to make the playoffs again, how they're going to do. It was just some of the most exciting hockey that I've watched in my life. So I hope that next season they could get to winning ways again. I have bad news for people who are disappointed with Patrick Kane's 49 points in 48 games at 33 years old. Uh, those days of him having 110 points and 46 goals, those are a memory. I'm just telling you. Yeah, can he be an older player that, you know, has 80, 90 points? Sure, he can. But, like, Look at all the guys ahead of him in the scoring race. They're all 24. You know, it's Matthews, McKinnon, McDavid, Dreisaitl. Yeah, Patrick, 80, if he has 82 points this season, that is awesome for a 33-year-old. Will he have a one-off 36-year-old season where he scores 40 goals and has 60 assists? It's possible. Brad Richards had like 50-something assists with the Hawks in 2015. You know, it's, and Patrick King's a way better, always was a way better goal scorer than Brad Richards. So, like, you know, one of those one-off seasons at 36, 37 years old is possible. But I will say, on average, going forward, Patrick Kane is around an 80 to 85-point player. That's just, sorry. And this year so far, he's set up more goals than he scored. There are people who place different sets of values on things. Patrick Kane has always been more of an assist man. It was his ability to shoot the puck blazing past goalies that elevated him from a 75-point guy to a 95-point guy. Instead of having, you know, 25 goals a season, he started having 35 or 40. There was one year he had 46. So, Joe, bounce off the Blackhawks conversation. Yeah, I mean, you guys did a great job – pretty much summing up what kind of season has been for the Blackhawks. I, I think we all expected differently going into it. Um, but I, I wouldn't call Patrick Kane's season a disappointment by, by any of like, like you said, there'd be teams that would kill to have a 49 point guy. Absolutely. Over point he would be game. leading the devils in points by six. Yeah. And then you, not to mention the Brinka is what fifth in goal scoring. So yeah, he has a very realistic chance. I'd say he's got a better chance to get to 40 than Mo, then pasta does 50 and i really want pasta to get 50 and as tom says here he wants to bet me 10 bucks that pasta does not get to 50 i almost want to take that but you got to give me some odds i mean <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta give me odds like i'll give you 10 but if he does do it, you got to give me like at least 25 right you like that frank that's, that's, fair. that's fair i had to do that with the super bowl what yeah. i bet but just like 10 for 10 i mean I, that favors you i could just I can make that bet. Well, no, I, I made a bet with Paula when it was down to the final four that she said the Bengals would win the Super Bowl, and I had the field. But I said, I'll give you odds. I yeah. said, if the Bengals do win, I'll give you 50. But if they don't, I'll take 25 just because that's the – I have the field. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. A little odds. A little odds, yeah. What's Pasternak's – I know this is kind of like bad radio here, but I can figure this out really quickly because – we're, I know we're, we always go back to the bees because Joey just doesn't. Did he miss any games this season? Pasta, yeah, he did right. Um, 
They've played 50 games. He's played 50 games, and so have the Bees. So Pasta has oh, not I missed thought, a single game. He and he's got 27 goals in 50 games. So he's at 0. .54 goals per game. Multiply that by 82. If Pasternak stays at this pace for all 82 games, his number will come to It's going to be goals. tough, Jeff. So it is going to be a little tough. Okay, he, needs a, but, he, needs, he needs a hat trick okay, or well, like remaining, a couple or his... two goal games in a row. I will say this, though. What's his, he's got 19 goals since the calendar year. 19. I was just going to say that he's got to do this. He's got 19 goals in the past 24 games played. Okay. And so if he ha- keeps that pace up over the final, okay. How many games? 32 did you say? left. There's, There's 32, 32 left. left. And 34. Joe, how many games did you just give me? 24. What's 32 plus 24? 56. So he has 19 and 24. So you have to, you know how to do it, right? Yeah, he's on pace. If that pace were to continue, he would eclipse 50. Yes. I even think he can cool down a little bit and he'll he'll hit 50. He's well, almost yeah. goal I mean, per game. Yeah, 19 goals in how many yeah. games? 19 goals in 24 That's games. That's spectacular. Yeah. Couple, Next level. A couple two-goal games. He'll, th- he'll throw an empty netter in there, I'm sure. So I will take that bet. I will take that bet. We got recording 223. I will take that bet, Tom. Please don't talk about 222. The New Jersey Devils are 17, 28, and 5 for 39 points. And here I am once again. I'm torn into pieces. I can't deny it, and I can't pretend. This team stinks. And I don't really care. Nico Heeshear is having an okay year. Jack Hughes is having a spectacular year. Um... Uh, Jasper Bratt has really impressed me so far this season. He is their scoring leader. He would not be their scoring leader if Jack Hughes didn't miss 12 games with his little soldier, shoulder injury. He has 30 points in 30 games. He's spectacular. I mean, he's one of the best offensive players in the NHL now. I, I think that's fair to say. And he's going to be a superstar for a long time. It'll be interesting to see how this team is with Hughes, Heesher, and Bratt leading the way offensively if they finally could figure out some goaltending. Um, they've had their little bye now. They're back at practice today. Um, a text message that Joey just completely ignored from me yesterday was Dougie Hamilton returning right in time for us to be able to see him. Oh, yeah, now I remember ignoring him. I, I saw it. Um, I always see it. Yeah, nice. That, great. I couldn't um, reply at the time. Yeah, so Hamilton back, and they play the Pittsburgh Penguins tomorrow, Chicago Blackhawks on Friday. They're not going to the playoffs. They will be in contention for the lottery. The top of the draft is incredibly good. The rest of the first round is eh. Next year's draft has first-round talent bleeding into the second round, which is nice. But, you know, I'm not sure where the Devils or Hawks are going to be at that point. I actually kind of think they're both going to be bad again next year. So we'll see how bad. Lottery, Bedard, Mitchkov, those guys are outstanding for next year's draft. But I will. I won't lie. I'm very excited about Jack Hughes. I don't know what it is about this kid. He's just a little bit different than Nico Heischer. He's a little different than Jesper Bratt. I mean, 30 points in 30 games. He's not flipping it over the net for other people to bat in out of the air, although he probably could, like, flip a puck over a net like that if he wanted to. But I don't know, man. He's supremely skilled, and when the puck's on his stick – and you know another thing? I'm not in any way implying that he should be nominated for the Selkie Trophy or anything like that. He's far from it. Far from it, but he's one of the best in the NHL with takeaways. 
His face-off stink. He's not as good defensively yet. He takes a lot of chances offensively. Not, I'm not talking Selkie here. I'm talking he's very good at stealing the puck from you and bringing it the other way. It happens a lot. Very Datsukian. If you remember, Pavel Datsuk used to just be a thief out there, and then he would use those magical hands to create outstanding plays. So I think he's outstanding. He's supremely skilled. And I'm very excited to watch him in person for the first time ever. I haven't seen him in person yet. I was and... just going to say how excited I am to see him in person. Yeah, we'll that... get to that in a minute. Before we talk Blackhawks Devils, I just want one thing, Joe, that you, a bees event that you're excited for coming yeah, up I mean, here between now and just, our next show. We could have just bled into um, that, and then I could have went after. Uh, but while we're here, I kind of mentioned it earlier. The... They make their first way into the the Seattle Kraken arena that I'm drawing a blank. Frank, help me out. I'm the Climate Pledge. Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, I'm very excited to see it because I only saw their first home opener, their home game, their home opener, first game ever there. I think it was against Vancouver, and I missed it. I wasn't able to watch it. It was either Vancouver. Yeah, I think it was Vancouver. Um, I missed it. I wasn't able to watch it live. And and since then, I've you know I've watched Kraken games here and there. I've never sat down and watched one from beginning to end. Uh, and I get to do that tomorrow. So I'm, and especially it's my team. I hope they are able to go into that building and and come out with a W. But I'm excited to see the the whole you know show they put on. I don't know. Absolutely. What were you gonna say? All right, let's get into it. Blackhawks Devils on Friday. It's a big game for our show, and it's I'm gonna be a fun game. Forward. I think there's I, no doubt. About I'm looking it. forward to it too from a Blackhawks perspective. I. I was going to say this earlier. It's kind of a payback game um, when the Hawks went to New Jersey. And that was early on in the season. And I know me and Joey both thought they were going to win that game. And they ended up coming back, forcing overtime, and it just didn't go their way. And I, I could see this being a payback game at the UC. But like I said, they haven't been playing very well at home. So the Devils might steal one. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's two shithole team. <laughs> <laughs> that like are kind of going to be playing on the same same platform here. You know, you don't have much to play for in the season other than some respect and maybe a couple guys' jobs. Like everyone's all you know trying to be successful in the NHL, and you have to have to show it in order to be successful. So I think that's kind of all these teams are playing for. And then, to, as you mentioned, we ha- I've never seen Jack Hughes in person, so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward. To, I hope we're able to get down there for warmups to see little Jack. You know, skating around. Doing his pregame Lil stuff, little Jack, little Jizzy, yeah, that's <laughs> whatever so you weird. Whatever that's you call. So weird, um, So and you know these young players, they're they're always doing fun stuff during warmups and getting involved with the fans. So it'll be cool to see. Yeah, yeah, and I think the biggest problem right now that the Devils face, and Vin, you alluded to it a little bit, is their goaltending situation. I think that's where the Blackhawks have the upper hand, obviously, um, because I know the Devils have gone through four goalies this season. And, and some of their goalies that they're they're playing, some of their young guys that they've been playing, they've only played a small sample size of games, three, four games or whatnot. But it, I don't know if you knew this, but even in those small sample size and all four goalies collectively, not one single goalie on the Devils has an under three goals against average. Like one of these young guys could have a good, good game. He could have played two games where he gave up one goal and had an under three. But no, even in that small sample size, they still have an over three goals against average. I think that's something that they have to look work on uh, for the future as well and, and figure out how their goaltending is going to go. And that could be their kryptonite in this game Friday against the Blackhawks. It's true, and even though they're not good numbers, 
the two guys who lead them in goals against and save percentage are Blackwood and Bernier, who are gone probably mm-hmm. for the whole year. Bernier for sure for the whole year. And, and that's still over three. three. Yeah, I know, but it, it's better than like oh, yeah. 3.8. Oh, yeah, but like they're, they're like 3.2, I think, or here. It might even be lower 3, than Black, that. Blackwood's 3.2. Bernier's like 3.06, I think. Yeah, so it's not like those are slightly – Eh, 3.06 is slightly above average. Uh, Blackwood's probably around average. And then, like, once you get under two is when you start getting to, like, the star goalies. You know, in previous years, the Rasks, the Flurries, Price, you know, guys like that. But the fact that the two guys that are the most reliant are out and probably out for the year, I agree with you. Um, it is pretty much confirmed that Flurry will start on Friday against the Devils, and Lincoln will go on Saturday against the Blues. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen Flurry up close. I think the only time I saw Flurry was at the Stadium Series game, and you know everyone was a little tiny. It was Soldier Field watching a, a hockey game is a different experience than going to the United Center. So I'm very excited to see Mark Andre Flurry in that. Yeah, that'll be really cool too. I've seen. Fleury I know you've you've seen him. You've one. been to a few games this year. Yeah, Lincoln and started two of the three I've been to, though. Really? Yeah, it's it's strange. Oh, no, that's not true. Marc-Andre Fleury played against his old team. Two of the three had Fleury. I'm wrong. But um, against the Blue Jackets, it was – or it wasn't Lincoln. And it was Soderblom or whatever his mm-hmm. name is against the Blue Jackets. So, Lincoln's a little hurt right now. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Joe, who are you rooting for? I'm rooting uh, where the money lies. <laughs> Where's the money going to lie? I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that on Friday. I noticed the shirt you're wearing. I don't think that's a coinky dink. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's there. There's a name on it. Marty. Marty. Um, you like Marty? I do like Marty. You, you liked the Devils more when they had Marty. Yeah, I liked the Devils a lot when they had Marty. Playing at Yankee Stadium. He had that sick helmet. Yeah, that was sick. Well, Frank... It's going to be fun. Neither of us are going to shit talk the other one in this game. Like, yeah, my 40 win team is going to kick, or my 40 point team is going to kick your 40 point team's ass. Okay. <laughs> I'm just rooting for a good game. I want to see Jack Hughes put on a show. I, I'd love to see so the do I. Uh, no, that's what Brink, I want to Like, the Brinkett, if he scores, you know, hits 30, that'd be a cool milestone for him again. And, uh, well, there's another thing. Oh, yeah. You asked who I'm rooting for. I probably will wear a New Jersey Devils jersey. Just because I think it's hilarious that I have the opportunity to wear a Taylor Hall Devils jersey. <laughs> Taylor Hall has been sick, so that's Big fair. I, mean, I would I would do the same thing. I would absolutely yeah. do the same thing. Yeah. So we got some booze in the chat. It's okay. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it. I kind of agree with you. It'd be cool. I mean, you have three of the three of the ten best American players in this game. Uh, you could argue four. Because some people are out on Seth Jones. Seth Jones, he's not Duncan Keith. He never will be. But he's a, he's a one, I think. You think Seth Jones is a one, Joe? I do, Frank, yeah. I think Frankie probably thinks he does. Yeah. I, I think yeah, I think we all see our favorite teams through rose-colored glasses. So that's why I asked Joey. Not me. He'll, he'll be – yeah, right. Joey will be honest about his opinion. Like, if Jones were on my favorite, I'd be, yeah, Seth Jones is number one. Frank, he, Frankie has Jones on the Blackhawks. Yeah, I think Seth Jones is the number one. Joey is the only one who would be, like, objective about someone else's favorite team. So, I, I do think Jones is a one, though. I, yeah, I think he is. Just, like, 
he do you think he's like Keith? No. No, he's not Keith, but he he might be is he Seabrook? <laughs> Better than Seabrook? It's close. We'll see. Still yeah. too early to tell. So young. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. They start him young. And, you know, we got some other NHL stuff to talk about here in period number two. Period number two, National Hockey League talk. Joe, is Patrick Lyonne back? Well, it's weird that, like, we were just talking about he's young with Seth Jones. And I was going to mention Patrick Lyonne, but I knew we were talking about it right at the beginning of period two. So I, I didn't say it. Patrick Lyonne, to me... Never, yeah, he cooled off, you know, getting used to a new team, traded out of Winnipeg for Pierre-Luc Dubois, pretty much one for one. That trade was one for one, right? No, the Jackets were... got Roslovic as well. Uh, Luke Dubois, okay. Pierre-Luc Dubois was considered a better asset at the time of the trade okay. than Patrick Laine. And, you know, I, at least you know, I haven't really talked too much on the show about it, but I'm a huge Patrick Laine guy. I love Patrick Laine. Ever since he was drafted right after Matthews, I've been a Patrick Laine fan. He pretty much made me become partly a Winnipeg Jets fan. I root for them a lot. Uh, and I'm all in on Patrick Laine. I don't think he went anywhere. The fact that he is something people forget about. How old is Patrick Laine? He's the same age as Matthews, so he's got to be like 23. He's 23. I, I, was, uh, I was asking you to see if you knew. I, I knew he's 23 years old. And the fact that so many people, it seems, have given up on him already in this at this point in career there are players who don't even make their nhl debut until they're 22 or 23 the fact that he's 23 years old and he he is as gifted of a goal scorer as he is yeah he cooled down for a season and a half couple seasons everyone every player dealt with the pandemic differently maybe hit the the mix of him being traded to columbus out of winnipeg and he just wasn't able to find his game a completely new system than what he was used to coming into the nhl Patrick Laine, to me, never went anywhere as the gifted goal scorer he is. I think Patrick Laine is capable of being a consistent 40. I think he can hit 50 at one point in his career. I, I would say that Patrick Laine went from being a lot of people considered him overrated, you know, a couple years or uh, the year after his rookie year. I'm going to go ahead and say that I think Patrick Laine is a very underrated hockey player right now. Frank? Yeah, I mean, like Joey said, a lot of people, they're giving up on Patrick Laine way too early. And, you know, the Blue Jackets have been playing so well lately. They've won six out of their last seven games. And it's no secret, and there's obviously a correlation that's because of how well Patrick Laine has been playing. He's a huge part of this Columbus Blue Jackets organization. And interestingly enough, out of those past five games, not one, not two, not three, but four of those games, he has scored multiple times. He has four multi-goal games in his past five games. He's he's two point per game in his past five games. He's got 10 points, which is just crazy. And he's also in that span, he's got six goals on 17 shots. He's scoring on every shot he takes, has a 35.3% chance of going in. That is insane to have that type of skill on a team. And and like I said, I think that's been a key reason why the Blue Jackets have been playing so well. And Patrick Laine has been finding the back of the net. And, I mean, he's just taken off recently. Yeah, that's great analysis. I saw him in person against the Blackhawks last week. He had a hat trick. And, boy, that kid can shoot. And he's the only player in the NHL I can ever recall having a bad 35-goal season. Um, Remember the year he had 18 in November, and then he had like five the rest of the way. So, like, he got to 30, 
I got his career stats right here for every season. I'm I'm looking at him, and and this guy has had, you can argue, two off years. That's it. One of them was his first year in Columbus. Yeah, hundred percent. So, I I don't understand why people have given up on this kid so early. Well, I think career. work ethic and effort was a major issue. That was something that was being said about him. So he's clearly got the talent to just shoot like nobody's business. So I agree with you. He could have a 50-goal year in his... Scored 44 in his sophomore year, finishing with 70 points in 82 games. Yeah. That's like star goal scorers Mm -hmm. stuff right there. And he was taken number two overall in the 2016 NHL draft behind Austin Matthews. He has scored an overtime goal against Austin Matthews' Maple Leafs now twice after doing it last night. And... Austin Matthews and his Toronto Maple Leafs, they're in a little bit of a slump right now, but nothing too like bad. But Austin Matthews does not stop scoring. You can almost book it that when you click your little app and you try to click through to see who scored in today's slate of games, it's almost like a lock that he's had a goal. And it's absolutely magnificent. It's like, I cannot believe that this is happening. So, like, Joe, or Frank, I'll actually start with you on this one. Austin Matthews, what's going on with him? Well, you asked me last week who I thought was going to win the Rocket Richard, and I said Austin Matthews, and I stand by it, and he's proving my point because of how consistent he is. And me being lucky with having him on my fantasy team, when I see he's in the lineup and I check and see that some one of my players scored a goal, I just assume it's Austin Matthews just because of how consistent he's been lately. And yeah, the Leafs have been on a slump lately and they don't, they haven't looked too well, but Austin Matthews has proven how much of a consistent goal scorer he is in the regular season. I say the regular season because we, as soon as playoffs come, we don't know what's going to happen. It's like he hits a brick wall and falls flat. But right now, he's been on fire, and it's been electric. Joe? Yeah, any negative thing I've ever said about the Leafs in, over the past you know, three, four years, I stand by it. I hate them. They, they stink when it comes playoff time. But that's not to mention that I don't think the world of Austin Matthews, of what an incredible hockey player he is. I agree with our friend Biz that he is the best player to ever play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I stand by that. Um, it was Matt Sundin before him. Yeah. Austin Matthews is next level. And the fact that he just scored his 34th goal and they've played and he's played 47 games. And yes, Frank, you nailed it. It's consistency. Bringing it back to my guy pasta. There was very inconsistent for the first half of the year, first quarter of the year. And now he's need to, he needs to go on a magnificent goal scoring streak in order to, you know, be up there in the scoring leaders. Austin Matthews has done it since day one. He's been the most consistent goal scorer in the NHL. Looking at his game log, it's literally goal, then zero, zero, goal, goal, zero, goal, zero, zero, goal. There's not many zeros in a row there, and that's what you want in consistency for goal scoring in the National Hockey League. So credit to Austin Matthews. I think the world of him as a hockey player, but Frank, you nailed it. Gets to April. Joey's birthday hits, and then there's that brick wall for Austin Matthews. <laughs> the brick wall, it's got a bees logo on it. Yeah. Austin Matthews just can't score. <laughs> Joe, really quick. Frank, I already know your answer. Joe, does Austin Matthews break Alexander Ovechkin's goal record that he will eventually break? No. He's on pace. No. it's I know, but from if I'm going to predict or bet on that, you got to go with the field on that. Like, the answer is no. 
um, that's going to be hopefully Ovi's record. But you would have said no to Ovechkin in 2008. That's correct. But I'm sure there's a lot of players that they've asked that and they fell off cliffs or leveled down in their career. Uh, Ovechkin never got hurt. And Wayne barely did either. Yeah. So, and obviously, I don't I never want Austin to get hurt. Like, no. If, if he stays healthy and it's potential there, yes, I do want to see it because I'm also very confident that I will be able to root for Austin Matthews one day. I'm very confident in that. Oh, yes, me too. Um, and he, who knows? This guy might become one of my favorite players in the league. Look at Max Pacioretty. Max Pacioretty, I hated his guts on Montreal. Now he's my favorite player on Vegas. I love Max Pacioretty. I've been rooting for him for years. I understand that. If if Ovechkin ends with 920, which is about where I think he's going to end. Bucci thinks he's going to get to 1,000. I don't see it. But like 920, 930 is where I would lock my bet in on him landing. Austin Matthews is on pace to like get close. I think he reaches 700. Him, Ovechkin, and Gretzky, and Hall, the players with 700. That I do think that's going to be the case. I do. He's got to stay healthy. It, it's so hard to do with Ovechkin and Gretzky and Hall and everybody what they've done because, you first of all, you have to stay healthy, like you said. Yeah. Right? And you really don't have an option if that's going to happen or not. You never know if when you're going to get hurt. Like, you can't control that. If you control that, nobody would ever get hurt. Yeah. Um, so – a lot of things have to go right, especially in the modern day NHL that we're living in. And so many different things are constantly changing and, you know, players have to adapt to everything that's thrown their way. Um, it, it, it's going to take a lot. And he's so young and he's got so much career left in him. Uh, it, we, it, we just got to wait and see what happens. Yeah. The reason I think Matthews will age gracefully, he'll age better than McDavid, is because the way he scores does not rely on skating as much. When was the last time you saw Austin Matthews score a breakaway goal? He just doesn't. It's all finding himself in scoring position and using that shot. His shot fools goalies. They doesn't. They don't look like foolish shots. Somehow they fool the goalie though, and it, it's honestly like amazing. It's like a wipeout slider in baseball. It's like how oh, did that fool the hitter? And it just does. Like it's the same thing with Austin Matthews' shot. So I like even when he's thirty eight and he's not the skater that he like Yager. Yager was able to score 20 at 41 years old because even when Yager was in his prime, he didn't rely on skating as much as somebody like Wayne or Tony Esposito or guys like that who were great skaters. Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr's career didn't last that long because he made all his money thanks to his outstanding skating ability. Ovechkin, Matthews, Yager, those guys don't do that. So really quick before we move off the Leafs, Joe, I want to bring up a video for you. I had this sent to our – director early and it's uh it's a leafs related video of course and i want to know how much joy does this video bring you james myrtle quoting sheldon keith sometimes you need this type of a game for a wake up Game 
Turtle, quoting Sheldon Keefe. I, I had to bring that to your attention. That is friend of the program, Steve Dangle Glenn, who is an out. Like, let me be very clear before we get in. No ill will towards Steve Dangle. Few people are as good at this, what we're doing right here, than Steve Dangle. And you can argue that this wouldn't exist if I would have never stumbled upon Steve Dangle way back in the day. He made me want to scream into a camera and be angry about my favorite team. A lot of it's Joe, you know, for a fact, you remember the Phil Kessel yeah. stuff in the Nashville video. We've been watching Steve Dangle for a long time. Now I remember when he was in his mom's basement. Now he's like married with a kid. So like, you know, shout out to Steve Dangle, but man, you, you don't even feel a little bad for him. I, <laughs> I, I feel bad for him as a person because I do like Steve Dangle. I think he's hilarious. I used to, even as a Bruins fan, I used to watch his videos, especially when, the, when they would play the Bruins in the playoffs, uh, when the Bruins came back on them 4-1 to one in Game 7. the video like that Those videos that he put out after those games were must-watch hockey content. Um, and when he, I still follow him on Twitter. I, I see his tweets all the time. And I actually, right when it popped up, Steve Dangle. I knew that that was going to be the. He posted that the night of the Montreal game, where the Montreal Canadiens beat the Leafs five to two. And we're yeah. talking about the Leafs, who are one of the best teams in the NHL. Say what you want about them; they're one of the best teams in the NHL. They're a top five team, and they just got destroyed by thirty two out of thirty two Montreal Canadiens. It, it was five nothing at one point. Yeah, and those those yeah. Leafs goals were too unanswered. Um, so it was five nothing, and then he tweets that LFR is going to be tonight, and I and that that puts a smile on my face because he only does it the night of when it's not even worth finishing to see how the game goes. <laughs> that honestly, that that puts a smile on my face for the fact that the Leafs are losing. But yes, I do feel bad for Steve Dangle. If my team was that bad consistently and never won a playoff series, like that would suck. Especially because it's like a tease. The Leafs are a tease. They think. They think you're going to do it. They get the, the fans all they, riled yeah, exactly, up, hoping, exactly. and then... Okay, I want both of your opinion on this. And, Frank, you could go first. How come we're allowed to say these things about Seth Jones and some of the younger guys? Oh, they're young. They're they're young. You know, they'll figure it out. But for some reason, Matthews is 23. Marner's 24. Nylander's 25. Riley's 26. They're all young, too. Yeah, but like, I think they, they lost playoff series to the Bruins and yeah, the Capitals, but... who have Ovechkin and Bergeron and Marshawn and Backstrom, and yeah, who you know they have more they... hope though. Like and... they hype them up a lot more. Well, like, they're, not they're, everybody's they're talking the Yankees. About... They're the Yankees of the National Hockey League. Like... Yeah, but if you're gonna hype up and saying, "Oh my God, this guy's so good," then you got to produce. I mean, nobody's talking about Seth Jones saying this guy's gonna win the Norris. I mean, people yeah. are saying, "Oh, Austin Matthews, no. he's gonna, he has a chance to win the scoring title." Blah blah blah. But he did get a nine million dollar contract, just like those guys. You're you're saying you're asking about Seth Jones and what we just talked about those guys being so young. We're talking about them being able to prove that they are, you know, great hockey players in the regular season. They have time to prove it. When we say about Austin Matthews sucking in the playoffs or the Leafs just sucking in the playoffs and that core is being so young, how many time, how many chances do you get? to prove that you're good in the playoffs. You you only get anywhere from four to seven games. So if they shit the bed in those four to seven games that you only get once a year, then it's going to take a whole nother year to prove it. So but that's the, why it, you can't the really. The only years you can make fun of the Leafs, though, in my opinion, are last year and the year before. And one, it was they were both like COVID-related. 
the year and the year before that when they lost to the Bruins or the year after they beat the uh, they lost to the Capitals in six games they should have yeah. they probably should have beat the Capitals no, uh, no they shouldn't have the Bruins went on and had a tough series with the Lightning and then the, the you know the Bruins went to the cup the following year the only year that I think you can truly make fun of the Leafs for losing in the playoffs like you suck and you blew it is the bubble against the Blue Jackets that's it. I mean, how back are we That's going? That's the only they, time they, they should have no, the, Matthews era, the Matthews oh, era. The Matthews era. The Matthews era. Yes, they should have beat the Bruins in 13. Yes. that We make fun of them for that, too. We still make fun of them for that to this day. And not a single player on that roster is there anymore. But most of them aren't even in the league anymore. Who's in the league anymore from that team? Kessel, Kadri. Uh, Phaneuf is gone. Oh, uh, uh, JVR. JVR is on the Flyers now. Yeah, I guess he is still there. Um. But you you get what I'm saying? Like, the Capitals, they're a cup team. The Bruins, they're a cup team. Montreal went to the cup last year. We can still make fun of the Leafs for choking that series, I think. But they still made it to the cup. But but you're in the playoffs for a reason. So, like, you you made it here. and, And you see it year after year. It happens every single year that a team wins that shouldn't have won the series. It's not always the favorite who wins the series. So how come they can't do it just one time, even a series they shouldn't win? Even if, they, they, even if yeah. Even you're series they should have won, they haven't even won. So yeah, it's like – You're justifying they, they, their so, losses. No, I'm, I'm not I, – maybe I am, but they have lost to the eventual Stanley Cup representative. That team didn't always win the Cup. Montreal and the Bruins lost the Cup. But they've lost to the eventual conference champion three out of the five years in the Matthews era. Yeah, but that can't be an excuse. Like they can't do that every year. Like no, if it happens they again can't. this year, they can't be like, "Well, if we lose this year, let's just hope they win the cup." Or would you pick them against Florida or Tampa? No, I would not pick them against any team in the first round. I, I probably wouldn't either, and that's so like. But then that means something's wrong here. I guess you're they got, okay. You're right. Aren't they, they talented? They can't teams? take that next step. Don't you yeah. think they're a very talented team? Oh, I don't. I, I, do. I don't. I think their so, core is good. Look at all their wins. It's the core guys scoring their most recent win. You're not giving respect to certain guys. Their fourth line with Wayne Simmons and Jason Spezza, they do all right. And then this Matt, Matthew Bunting, he's not going to win the Norris Trophy or the or the Norris Trophy, the Calder Trophy because of Cider, Raymond, and the kid from Florida are like stealing the show. Uh, Lundell or whatever his name is. Those three are like stealing the show now. So, like, he has no chance, but he'll get top 10 Calder votes. And John Tavares, uh, Alexander Kerfoot is one of the best two-way players in the NHL. They do have the depth. So, really, the only reason I I wouldn't pick them is because of some, like, weird thing in all of our brains that keeps us from thinking they ever have a chance. They need If they lose in the first round this year, something needs to change because it can't be continuous broken record year after year. I mean, I know that these guys are young, right? But uh, this is the the time. They sh- this is the time of the franchise that they should be winning, and yeah. they're not. They so blew they, it last year. They need to do something like ASAP. If they lose in the first round, something's got to change. Yeah, I agree. They blew it last year, dude. Like they, if they would have beat Montreal, that I think they would have went to the next round and just dismantled the freaking Jets. I do. I really do. And then they would have made it to the third round against Vegas. That could go either way. But if Montreal was able to beat Vegas, why can't Toronto? It's not like Montreal's this proven core either that like does all this great stuff. Like, who is that? What teams in the NHL are what we want the Leafs to be? The Penguins? Well, 
I, I can't think of the lightning. The penguins and the lightning have like the cores that like you kind of just always have faith in them. It used to be the Hawks, but you can't just do it with Taves and Kane. Like but you needed. Toronto kind of reminds me of like an old Capitals team because didn't the Capitals struggle to get past the first? Yeah. Round okay. The yes, they did, and same with the Blues. So, so are the Leafs going to become the are the Capitals slash Blues or the Sharks? That's basically what it comes down to. But the Sharks got to a final. Okay, so you make a good point about, you know, Bunting having a good year. But I have right here some, uh, I guess you can call these some advanced stats. I have the Leafs' goals, like their scoring leaders, in wins. And every time the Leafs win, you look at the score, and it's one of those top four guys. You can, I guess you can throw uh, Morgan Riley in there sometimes. He's got a lot of points too. But Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, and then you could say Morgan Riley. He's at 35 points and all their wins this year. So Matthews has 26 goals in the Leafs wins this year. How many wins do they have as a team? Probably like 30. 32. So he's got 26 goals and 32 wins. So, I mean, the depth scoring, they might be getting depth scoring, but it seems like the games that they win, they're winning because they don't win games that their depth carries them to that win. And that's what you need in the playoffs. They need it bad. Yeah, I completely understand. Um, another player who was like in that top conversation with guys like Austin Matthews and Patrick Laine is Jack Eichel. And Jack Eichel made his return to Vegas, and he's been – the first game didn't go well. The first game didn't go well at all. Um, he didn't have a point. Vegas got killed. But then since then, he came back and was outstanding. So I don't think it's – out of the realm of possibility that Jack Eichel really elevates Vegas to be one of those top five teams with the best chance to win the Stanley Cup. If they get stoned back and Pacioretty stays healthy and they have studs like Alex Petrangelo on the back end and Robin Leonard plays well in goal, I like this Vegas team, Frank. Yeah, you know what? I, I kind of feel bad for Eichel because everybody was looking forward to his debut. Um, and Eichel's played great. He's played in three games. He's got three points. That's, that's great for – all the time he's missed, but I think he really got unlucky with his debut because he's jumping into a Vegas Golden Knights lineup that is kind of, it's got an injury bug to it. You got no Mark Stone, you got no Robin Leonard, and and that's shown. I, the, the Knights are one and two since Eichel's return, but I think as soon as they become a little more healthier, this is a very dangerous team when healthy, and then you're adding Jack Eichel Eichel into the mix. They have like they're they're a cup contending team, but I think the he's kind of been unlucky where he's had to jump into the lineup as of recent because you don't have Leonard and you don't have Brassois has been what he's been okay he's been okay. Uh, Mark Stone losing Mark Stone that's a, that that hurts too. But I think once this team's healthy and you have Jack Eichel into the mix as well, they're going to be a very dangerous team. It's just right now it's hard to play with as many injuries as they do. And because the, the, their injuries are so key too. you're not losing fourth line players. You're losing some of your top guys. And that's shown, obviously I said, they've gone one and two since his return, but just wait until they're healthy. And with Eichel playing, if he could keep up how he's playing, coming back from an injury where he was gone for so long, I think we're going to see a lot of success out of this night's team. There you go. Joe Eichel's back. Yeah, Frank, you've mentioned three points in his three games, and obviously you can't ask for a better start being point per game. Um, 
and yeah, he's uh, coming into a lineup that that does need him. Mark Stone's out. So I agree with everything you said. I mean, you can only go up from here for Jack Eichel. When this team is fully healthy, it's going to be dangerous. Um, but it's nice to see that he's already putting points on the board. He already has his first goal. Um, so it, it, it kind of came rather quick. And that's that could be very dangerous when this team is healthy. So I couldn't agree more. And I'm excited for the playoffs. There are a few teams in the postseason that I'm more excited for than the Vegas Golden Knights. I think that always is going to be the situation as long as they're elite because the fortress is banana lands and which, speaking of Vegas, do you guys hear about what happened to me over the weekend? Oof, that's rough. Yeah. Honestly, I was following it on Twitter. A lot of people were following it on Twitter. I know. I hope you know that. I know. And like, it was, I, I was, I was refreshing your Twitter. It was like Electric Factory. It was weird, dude. Okay, so for those who don't follow me on Twitter, I was at a suitcase party. And the point of the suitcase party is you show up, two people, you sign up, and it's $80 a team, 40 a person. And if you win, you get an all-expenses-paid weekend to Vegas. And 20 teams signed up. And you get eliminated one by one. Whoever's name gets pulled, you're eliminated. And we got down to the final two and they bring the two couples together and you watch it. Everyone's watching you. They know who the final two are. The whole bar knows your name. And I was tweeting along. I made it a social media game for people to follow along. And I was getting like this weird, like people actually caring, like about my life. Everyone was was invested in it. Everyone was invested in it. And I got down to the final two. And then the hopes and dreams came crashing down and we didn't win. We came in second and there have been years past apparently, which this was my first time ever being involved with this bar. There were years past where they looked at the second place team and went, you're going to. Oh, really? But this didn't happen this time. I was thinking when I saw you came in second, I was thinking, I was like, okay, what if the people who came in first didn't think they were going to win and they actually can't make the trip or something. And like, so there's a chance still. I don't know. And I, I want you guys to know that I'm not somebody who uses intoxicating things very often. Drink every now and then, whatever. It was like a rush I'd never felt before for two hours. Like every single time they went to pull the name, things, chemicals, something in my brain triggered that I've never, ever, ever felt before. And like every time it wasn't my name, I was like, Oh my God, this is actually happening. So it was one of the funnest times. I will be signing up again next year and very much looking forward to that. Shout out Vegas. Shout out the two guys who won. Very happy for them. Um, I, I love the concept of it, Frank. The, how do I? I? Yeah, Frank, when I heard it, I actually thought of you because I was like, this is something that Frankie, like, he loves Get little games. He I loves little it. games. He likes next chance. year. Next year, we should bring like our group into this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. A couple, a couple pairs. Uh, I mean, think I about our odds that. would increase. One of us should win. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. yeah. That's a good point, Frank. You go what? You go out of three out of twenty. Yeah, yeah. If there's only twenty people. It could well, come down to years... like me versus you. But here we go. Oh, and then one <laughs> of us for sure going. Yeah. yeah. I think the year that they took two couples was a year where twenty five people signed up, so a lot of money came in. So, like, the more people, who knows? We'll see. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, that's what that's what I was thinking of while watching Jack Eichel. I did watch Vegas play a little bit since then, and I was like, man, 
One of them was on the road against the Sharks, but even still, Vegas is cool. Shout out to the suitcase party. It was a lot of fun. Joe, before we, you know, move on, I do have to ask you, are you worried about your ducks? My ducks. Um, to be honest, I am a little worried. Um, I know a couple months ago I said that they would uh, they'd win the Pacific. I don't know if that's necessarily the case anymore. Um, and, you know, I, I like to be optimistic when talking about teams that I root for and cheer for and watch a lot. So I was optimistic, but the Calgary Flames are playing some next-level hockey. The uh, Vegas Golden Knights, as we just talked about it, are only going to get better as they continue to get more healthy. The Kings are not cooling down like I thought they would. So the Ducks, I mean, Troy Terry's goal scoring has, you know, leveled off a little bit. Uh, Trevor Zegras' rookie season he's having has leveled off a little bit. So Ryan Getzloff isn't having necessarily the first half season that he – or the, as good of a season as he did in the first half. This dude was playing like a 2013. Um, so yeah, a lot of things kind of just cooled down back to reality. I do still believe that they can make the playoffs, and I do believe they can put up an incredible fight in the playoffs. Because, you know, once you enter that that playoff bubble, I know it's not a bubble anymore, but once you enter that, you know, different zone, uh, it's a new game. And and if these rookies and young core that this Ducks team has is able to show that, hey, they can be a playoff team, who knows? So I'm not out on them. I'm a little worried about them. They, they got to have a, a good second half, better than good second half to get into the playoffs. But I think it's very possible because I do think this team is still very good. Absolutely. Frank, the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, I wouldn't say the Ducks are necessarily in trouble because they are a they're a bubble team right now, and I do think they have a really good shot in making the playoffs. But if I'm a Ducks fan, I'm going to begin to worry right now because they have played a lot more games than teams that are chasing. I'm not talking about one or two. There are some teams, and I think the Calgary Flames are one of them, that have three or four games in hand on the Ducks. And right now the Ducks are in a wild card spot. Are, not, are they in a wild card spot no. or did they drop out? They no, dropped. They drop they're not, out. Yeah, they're not even in a wild card spot anymore. So, even so, I mean, you you've played more games than everybody, and now you're trying to catch these teams, and you don't have games in hand. I mean, I I do think there's still hope that they can make a, a playoff run here because I they are a bubble team, but I, I'm starting to worry if I'm a Ducks fan. Yeah, another thing is you know a few weeks ago about. Mid to late January, they got hit with COVID really bad. Uh, John Gibson was out, and that's a huge hole in that lineup because, you know, he's one of the best goalies in the world. Um, and then they kind of – they came back. COVID was seemed to be going away for them, and then they, they started playing some good hockey. They won two in a row. But then here's where it really hurt them. They lost to Detroit. Then they lost to Seattle. Then they lost to Calgary. Then they lost to Edmonton. That's – what did I just say? Four straight losses – that's going to dip you in the standings, especially when those teams below you are winning like Calgary has been like the Kings continue to win. Um, the Oilers have been winning games. So not, and then they win against Vancouver on Saturday and they just won yesterday against San Jose. So hopefully this is a step in the right direction for them to getting back to, you know, a consistent winning team that, that they were for the first half of the season. Um, so we'll see if they're able to do it. I honestly think they can. There you go. I actually agree. I do think they uh, they do have a chance. I don't think it's a lock. They're de- they definitely overperformed a little bit when they were like near the top of the Pacific Division. I think they are right now exactly where they should be. They're a bubble team. They have lots of young talent. They will be a Stanley Cup contender in short order. 
but it's it's certainly not this year. Um, if they won a series because Zegris and Milano and you know um, Troy Terry, they all get hot. Gatslaff knows how to win in the playoffs. They have an elite goalie. I wouldn't be too surprised. Um, we'll see if it's a, in wild card formation. Do they come over to the Central and have to play a team like the Colorado Avalanche or the Minnesota Wild, who I probably would assume would destroy them? But it'd be good playoff experience. So I like the Ducks as a team in the future, but right now they're exactly where I thought they would be going into the season, right there on that little bubble line. Um, I think they're probably a little deeper than the Kings, but also maybe not. So we'll see what happens there. It probably, if I had to pick, would be one of those two or um, Nashville or Dallas, which my prediction on Nashville is really close to coming true. When they were in first place in the Central Division, I said they would choke a pl- their playoff spot. And they won yesterday, a real nice win. But I don't know. I'm not as confident in Nashville the rest of the season. Um, One team who I am confident in the rest of the season, I've talked highly about them a lot, and I was kind of eating my words there for a minute. But they fired their coach, and now they're right back in it. And part of the reason that the Ducks are out of a playoff spot right now, and, of course, that's the Edmonton Oilers, led by Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, the two leagues, two of the four best players in the NHL. Frank, I'll start with you. What's up with the Oilers? They're winning a lot now. Yeah, they've gotten hot. They just had a five-game win streak snapped by Minnesota. So, I mean, they've been playing very well. I think their toughest test definitely comes tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, But even with how well the Oilers have been playing, I just they aren't really a team that scares me that much. I know you got uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, but as far as after that, like when you could contain those two players, they don't, it doesn't really, the team overall doesn't really scare me, especially if they get into a, into a playoff spot and they, whoever they have to play, I, I think they would struggle against just about everyone, but um, they've been playing fantastic hockey right now. And we'll see how that translates for the rest of the season. Yeah. Look, it's just me and you. It's just hey, our show hey, now. Hey, yeah. We can finally talk all the shit we want. Huh? <laughs> Um, yeah. I agree, Frank. And yeah, that five game win streak is obviously going to boost you. If any team goes on a five game uh, win streak, you're going to get boosted in the standing. That's 10 points without Absolutely. You know, losing any potential points. Uh, and I agree. If I'm a, I, you said that if you contain McDavid and Dreisaitl, yeah, then the team's there's no depth then. It's, exactly. Uh, I, I agree. Countless, the Bruins have contained McDavid and Dreisaitl. Mm-hmm. We've seen it from multiple teams. And then if there's no scoring that night, or if there's one goal, it I've seen it so many times. Chances are there's like chances are that it wasn't McDavid or Drysaddle. They just have not enough depth, and that's why they don't really scare me against anyone. Yeah, and I agree completely. And they're playing tonight. They play against the the Tampa Bay Lightning, which I mean, Tampa Bay is a much deeper team than them. If they're able to contain those guys, I agree. They're gonna it's gonna be their second loss in a row. And yeah, there was a lot of uh, when they fired their head coach. A lot of people are saying like. How many times are the Oilers just going to fire their head coach or, you know, change management before something actually does work? It seems so far it's worked, but is it the long-term answer? I don't know. They're a team that has to play consistent. We've talked about consistency on this podcast time and time again, and we'll see if this five-game win streak propels them to a little bit of consistency. But like I said, I think their biggest uh, test comes tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Or you could even say this – Little, they're going on a five-game road trip uh, in their first three games. Tampa, Florida, Carolina, arguably three of the best teams in the exactly the three best teams in the Eastern Conference. You can say. 
There was a point in 2009 or 2010, I guess you could say, where the four best players in the NHL, and I mean this, the four best players in the NHL were Crosby, Malkin, Ovechkin, and Taves. All of them, except for Ovechkin, had championship success with their teams early. Crosby was the youngest captain, won the Stanley Cup. Taves was the second youngest captain, won the Stanley Cup. Malkin was on Pittsburgh, obviously. Is this generation, like the McDavid's, the Matthews, they're kind of in danger of like being the awesome generation that like doesn't really have championship success. I know it's early, but like Crosby and Taves each already had one or two by now. And the teams are just built differently these days. Guys are getting paid before they accomplish anything. Like Matthews, McDavid, even guys like Heeshear and Hughes on the Devils, they've already been paid. Where Taves and Kane didn't cash in for their 10 sheets until they had three cups in their back pocket. So it's definitely an interesting dynamic, especially with these Oilers. Like, something's got to give here. Well, you you look at, like, why teams have been so successful and why the Hawks were able to win three cups and uh, why the Boston Bruins were able to win a cup and the Penguins were able to win a cup is because of depth. And depth is a huge, huge factor in the NHL. I mean, you look at some of the best teams in the league, the Colorado Avalanche, they got depth on offense, defense, and goaltending. You look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, Joey mentioned how depth-worthy they are and why the Oilers might struggle tonight is because of how, how much depth they have on their team. And like I said, as when it comes to the Oilers, they don't – in my opinion, they don't have a ton of depth. And that's something they're going to have to change if they want to get McDavid a championship. No, but since adding Evander Kane, they have a pretty good top six. Kyler Yamamoto and Jesse Pugliarvi are both having outstanding seasons. So in their top six, they have McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Evander Kane, and Pugliarvi. It's a pretty good top six. Yeah. But when you start no getting doubt. into the bottom six and defense core – that things start to fall off a little bit. And of course, even goaltending, I think I was just going to say that I think if they added Marc-Andre Fleury at the deadline or Georgiev from the Rangers, or if the Bruins wanted to trade Allmark and really give it to Swayman, like, you know, there are a couple teams with two goalies. Uh, I think Koskinen for the wild is trade bait. Um, There are so many ways they can upgrade their goaltending. And I think that would make the depth appear to be better. I do. That's just my opinion. I think the Oilers are a really good team that they're missing a goalie. They're like the opposite of the Hawks. They have a really good goalie and a decent back end with not a lot of depth at forward. I mean, Brandon Hagel's a good player. He shouldn't be the Hawks' second leading goal scorer. Like, you know, that's just kind of where I'm at on the Oilers. I think they have potential to do something if they manage their team properly. Yeah, and I think you nailed it with the goaltending. Mike Smith at the beginning of the year, I think Mike Smith actually will uh, retire after this year. Maybe he'll announce his retirement this year. He's just been dealing with so many injury things. He came back for a little bit, ended up re-getting hurt. I think it was a completely different injury um, in goalie, as we just saw with Tuka Rask. Like, you know, when a goalie keeps getting these nagging injuries, it's very hard. That's a position where you you're think about it. You're standing for 60 minutes. Everyone else is they, they will sit for – three minutes before they take their 40, you know, 60 second shift. And then they're back to sitting. The goalie is on his feet constantly. It's a very physically demanding position that not a lot of people think about. And uh, they haven't had a consistent goal score. Koskinen has been so inconsistent. He'll have a good week and then he'll be 
dog meat. Um, so yeah, I think acquiring a goalie could be the best thing for that team. And if they're in a playoff spot, I would love to see Mark Andre Fleury go play for them. But uh, Allmark is off the table now that Tuca retired. Man. The Bruin, that's going to be that hug you see after every Bruins win is going to be a thing for at least the next two years. Allmark uh, signed for four years left. Allmark still has two on his uh, entry level deal. So, or Swayman, I had that backwards. Swayman entry level deal. Yeah, I I could see it, but you know the Oilers getting goaltending. It'll make a world of difference. And I brought up McKinnon a little bit. Joe, in that game we referred to earlier in the first period where the Boston Bruins played against the um, Colorado Avalanche, Nathan McKinnon had a little bit of a thing where he, like, hit the referee with a stick. I mean, I was kind of hoping you would elaborate on it. The NHL came out and announced that the safety and respect of their officials is an utmost priority, but Nathan McKinnon's actions were deemed – um, I don't know if they used accidental as the word or like unintentional, but you know, you watched the whole game from beginning to end. What did you think of McKinnon's little spat there? Frank, yeah. I don't know if you know about it. either. Oh yeah. 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 It was, um, he was trying to swat at Nosek cause there was, it was Tom- Tomas Nosek, Thomas Tomas. I, I never know how, what it is. I, I haven't asked him. Tomas. I say Tomas. I haven't asked him yet. Cause I've heard other people say Tomas Thomas. He was taking the face off with Nosek and, um, uh, he, he got tied up or something. No second, you know, gave him a little shoulder. And McKinnon went to slash uh, no second. No second kept skating and it missed and hit the ref. So I understand completely. It was an accident. Uh, if it was Brad Marchand who did it, you know, he'd have seven games in the books. But that's a different story. I do think uh, it being Nathan McKinnon, you know, there's a little you clear. It was clear that it wasn't at the ref so i have no problem with you know they're not being anything i actually saw a funny post um it was uh it was like a meme martian or uh mckinnon he they showed the video they show him slashing the ref and the caption was brad martian is gonna pay for this <laughs> <laughs> like martian's gonna get in trouble for something mckinnon did so yeah. it was funny which shout out martian hope everything's okay he is missing bruins practice today because of a family issue he was absent from team activities today. So is his suspension over? It, it, it was be his return tomorrow in Seattle, which I do believe he will play because they sent Jack Stanika down to Providence for the return of Brad Marsh, and he will be playing tomorrow in Seattle. Yeah, well, I hope everything's okay with his family, and that doesn't need to be reversed. We're all obviously thinking of them if anything bad's going on. But, guys, really quick, let's go over some of this stuff before we get into our game. Um Really quick, Sabres Leafs jerseys for the Heritage Classic. You like them? No, I think they're ugly. You don't like the arena's jersey? Uh, <laughs> the Leafs have worn versions of them before. No, I'm not a fan. I actually like the Sabres jerseys better. Actually, I like there's like a shimmer on the Buffalo. It's just a clean yeah. jersey. It's not it too is. fancy. It's a very clean hockey. I jersey. wouldn't say I hate them, but they're two of my least favorite outdoor game jerseys. Sure. I would say. But I, I like the Sabres, I guess, for, for what it is. It's not terrible. Yeah. But to me, the Leafs just look ugly, in my opinion. Frank, do you have jerseys that you, like, hate, though, where you're just like, get that out of here? Or are you kind of like me where, like, even the ugly ones are still kind of cool? Like, they're, yeah, there's a certain, I have a certain appreciation for ugly hockey jerseys. I don't know. Maybe I'm I don't think one. I would ever buy the Leafs one, though. Sure. I, I probably it, but... wouldn't either. But – There's really nothing I say, like, I hate hate. But Yeah. I think it's so ugly, and I think it's hilarious. <laughs> It's very uh, I, ugly. They've worn the arena's jersey before, the Toronto arenas. I just hate that the T's in the middle and it looks like a retinas. 
Like it, it's weird to me. But yeah. they did. They made a r e n a an s. They made them like harder to see, almost like they blend in mm-hmm. a little more. So I don't know. It's interesting. Um, on su- Saturday night, we have one of the NHL's big events that I'm very much looking forward to keeping up with: the Stadium Series. The Nashville Predators against the Tampa Bay Lightning at Nissan Stadium, home of the Tennessee Titans. Guys, this is a good matchup. These are two really good teams. Yeah, and speaking of jerseys, there's a there's a couple cool jerseys in that one too. Interesting jerseys to say the least. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I love the outdoor games. Frank, yeah, it's a complete 180 in terms of the jerseys. They're sick. I would buy both of those jerseys. They got uh, a lot of hate early. I wasn't oh crazy God. about the Nashville one I right think away. I Nashville are so cool. It, it grew on me, and I'm sure it's one of those situations where I, when I see it on the ice, when I see it Saturday, I'm going to think it's one of the best yeah, like same. looking outdoor games. Mm-hmm. I love outdoor games. I look forward me to too. outdoor games. Me too. I love that it's so unique and that players or teams have to have different jerseys for the occasion. It's not like they just throw teams out there and say, all right, you're going to play in an outdoor game. They make so much of it. And I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. And as you could see in this picture, if you're watching live or if you're listening, you can look it up on Twitter or something. I'm sure they are theming it heavily around music. I know that's obviously like hockey meets honky tonk is like a huge thing with Nashville. When the Predators made it to the Stanley Cup final a couple of years ago, that was a big theme. I've been to Nashville. I've driven through it three times, stopped in it and stayed in it once. It is my favorite city that I've ever visited besides Chicago. And obviously I live in Chicago, so does that even really count? Um, I love Nashville. I love everything about Nashville. It's a place I always want to go hang out at least once every two years. The bars are incredible. Um, These people who attend this game at Nissan Stadium are going to be able to leave, take an Uber about five minutes in the other direction, and be on Broadway Street and have the time of their life, going from bar to bar, listening to great live music, crushing different various types of drinks. Like, I'm just telling you, man, if you ever have the opportunity to get to Nashville, do not hesitate. It is awesome. Yeah, I, I want to go. We only really drove through it. We drove right past that stadium, I believe, then. You were when with we... me when I drew, drove through it one of the times, weren't you? Yeah. When you I have to go through it. it to drive to Atlanta. That's right. Because mm-hmm. then you, you hit Nashville – then you roll through Chattanooga, and that's where all the mountains are. And then once you're out of Chattanooga, you're in Georgia, and you're like yeah, five minutes so away from Atlanta. I do want to go and like actually spend time in Nashville, though, and party there. So I'm excited for that game. I think it's going to be one of the best-looking outdoor games. I love when outdoor games are in the PM. It's, uh, you know, come third period, it's dark out. You're relying on the lights. So I'm looking forward to I hope they do that. a lot with the lighting, too. They have, a, I feel like they have a neon look, maybe. They have an opportunity here to do something very aesthetically pleasing to the eyes. And I hope we see it. There you go. Frank, what's your favorite hockey story right now as we head into our new week, new chapter? Um, I had two, but I don't want to steal one of yours. So I'll just give like, one and then if you not neither of you guys say it i'll say the second one at the end mm-hmm. but the calgary flames are on a tear right now they have tied a franchise record 10 wins in a row they are making a statement that this is their pacific division not vegas's pacific division they want to do they want to take the cake and they will do whatever it takes to win it currently they lead with 66 points with multiple games in hand they're they're making a huge statement right now, and it is it is great for hockey. Absolutely, Joseph. 
Man, you're, I don't know if you're going to like this one because it's something that has just caught my attention over the past couple days. There's a reason I threw this shirt on with this player on the back of it. Marty Brodeur, one of his big feuds he's had in his career was with a, a player known as Sean Avery, who is is working toward an NHL comeback. I don't know if any of you have heard of this. Frank, you know oh, I know. Sean Avery. Oh, yeah. He, he, he signed with a minor league team. He signed with the ECHL's Orlando Solar Bears, and he is to a standard player contract. And he says he needs – he has – what did he say the other day? He has a certain amount of time. He's 41 years old. He was he is eyeing an NHL comeback, and he, he wants to be physically ready for a training camp next year and a return to Sean Avery in the NHL. Like, there are players who – there was someone – I forget his name. I don't really know the player, but he tweeted – if Sean, this is before he signed. If Sean Avery signs a contract in the ECHL, that player wants to also sign in a, that team's division rivals to play against Sean Avery just so they can fight him. Like <laughs> people hate Sean Avery. He's one. Of, he's one of the most controversial players. Like you see right here on the screen. This is some of the antics that actually made it a new rule in the NHL at the time. You're not allowed to face the goalie. When screening him, see what Sean Avery is doing here. He's literally facing Marty Brodeur, trying to screen him. And it's now illegal. If you're screening a goalie, you cannot be facing them because of Sean Avery. He's gotten into the face of many players. I remember my earliest memory of him. Uh, he got into it. He, he loves to get into it with goalies, it seems, because he got into it with Tim Thomas one year. And the, the, that shows how far back we're going. But anyway, Sean Avery trying to make an NHL return, I think, is just a great story. I kind of hope it happens just because I want to see this guy in the NHL. I want to see him fight somebody. I'm all for it. There has never been a player in the history of team sports that I despise more than Sean Avery. He is my least favorite player. He's a bad human. He's an asshole to people on the streets. <laughs> Fuck Sean Avery. I hate that motherfucker so much. If he wanted to come on this show, I would tell him. No, actually, you know what? I would not tell him. I'd let him come on just to tell him about what a piece of shit I think he is, both on and off the ice, and then I'd have him booted. I hate him more than I've ever hated a person in any sport. He's disgusting. He's vile. He's just a shitbag human being. And this is an anti-Sean Avery podcast. Fuck you, Sean Avery. Asshole. <laughs> Tell us how you is, yeah. I despise that motherfucker. I hate him so much. I hate him. Wow. If he, he better not choose. Holy shit, dude. He better not choose the devils. I won't root for him. I, oh, he, he, I don't think he would go to the devils. Good. I, I, I don't even think I don't necessarily even think he's gonna make it to the NHL. Like he sucks. Is, he, he was a bad player even back then. He he's, sucked. He's 41 years old, and this we're talking about the definition of a goon. You think it's just gonna make a 41 year old comeback to the NHL? You know how hard it is to make an NHL team out of training camp, and you think some 41 year old goon on NHL team is gonna sign him? I don't think it's gonna happen, but who knows what's gonna happen over the next few weeks in the ECHL? I'm gonna be uh, keeping up with it because I'm I'm interested. I so. hope one of the 18 year olds break his face i really do i really hope they break his face i would rather the cubs win the next 10 world series or the green bay packers win the next 10 super bowls than sean avery like ever play for my team that is just disgusting i like when i saw that this morning he's gonna I was, go to the devils now serious the, the fans would boo him out of the prudential yeah, center in no seconds. shot they, that's the team that hates him i hate sean avery and you should too joe you I, I I hate him as like a player. Yeah, I don't I don't like him. I like the story though. <laughs> like I, I think it's a hilarious. Because well, he's like that kind of asshole who like, 
hey buddy why do you why do you have the bike in the lane oh yeah that's what he does he's 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 become he's become known for for he rides his bike downtown i don't know what city of new york um yeah he's been known for posting videos on instagram frank of him bitching at like people like uh, truck delivery guys like ups uh, mail fedex when they park in the bike lane he'll literally (laughs) confront them and like almost like he'll he'll fight them if if they want to fight he would fight them yeah really? and, yeah he's an and asshole he, and it's a, it's hilarious there's it's nothing cool funny. about him and it's, it's funny hilarious. it's funny but he is just an all-time a-hole like right here on the screen as you're seeing exactly why i don't like him if i would pay money to watch marty broder fight him at rough and rowdy or something like yeah, Mar- I, marty I broder just, does not like him well why do you it. think my hatred for him started he skipped yeah. his hand in the handshake line and then after avery called him fat so yeah sean avery Ooh, i would love to Ooh, those days where parisi was on the devils and they would fight the rangers people want to know why i hate the rangers so much like oh my god yeah i wonder uh, here I'll, maybe we can pull it up real quick of him getting into it with tim thomas he like is skating uh, it's like during a TV timeout and Tim Thomas is just sitting there, you know, kind of I thought it was center. warmups. No, it, it was, uh, I mean, I'm sure some, that actually rings a bell. Some, it was a TV timeout and Tim Thomas was on like one knee just kind of as like the ice crew was cleaning up and Avery skating past him. And it, it's so intentional. And <laughs> Avery, I remember he, Sean Avery. He, like, he kind of plays yeah. it off. Like it's not intentional. Pretty His well. Stick, Dallas stick too, hits I think the back. Here, yeah, here, here it is. Go. Oh, we, you missed the beginning the, of it, though. Tail end of it, yeah. There you go. Okay, yeah, so just, 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 not, maybe it is. Maybe it is. A and here's Sean Avery. Stick oh, the sorry, back man. That Thomas was an accident. That was an accident. I did, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Like, are you kidding me? The fact that Scott Gomez ever played for the Rangers is a disgusting disgrace. He's a devil for life. But, I mean, get that shit off. I hate him so much. Oh, my God. I probably never, like, expressed it to you guys how much i actually like dislike him He's is he you're westbrook you hate westbrook for different reasons than i hate sean avery yeah you hate westbrook for boning you out of some money no but it's not and true. like you always say uh, that westbrook i don't is gonna, like westbrook, westbrook westbrook is it, not it, a bad human being but he's, i will debate you on that but he's a terrible nba player right now he is now you know he's going to the Hall of Fame, right? NBA lowered him to a 79 overall. I know. He's bad now. He bricks every shot. He is Russell Westbrook But, but people talk about him still. As he's like one no, of the best players he's in the not. NBA. He's not. He's not he's even not. like. He's, he's not the not Lakers' like, third best player. No, not even He's close. like their seventh best he player. He stinks. Yes, he stinks now. He's going to the Hall of Fame, though. I it's a shame. Him. I don't think he should go to the – he hasn't done anything in to go to the Hall of Fame. But uh, Averaging a triple-double for an entire season is – not easy is for it? a season sure though it's pretty sure that was maybe that was hard and i don't know either way i don't like sean avery as you can tell i think he's a bad person would you you wouldn't talk to us russell westbrook you wouldn't have a beer with him or a coach? i don't know i wouldn't want to i'm not gonna go out of my way to <laughs> okay. I have no you wouldn't to. be rude to him would you i don't know probably give him not. the cold shoulder Probably not. I would be straight up. I would be straight up rude to Sean Avery. Yeah, I don't think I'd be a dick to him. But I would be a dick to him. I'd be like, Sean, I have nothing to say to you. I think you're the biggest asshole I've ever known. I'm being dead serious. I wish I could prove it. I do not like Sean Avery. All right. Well, I'd like to introduce our guest on today's show, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it on. 
Bring it on. Could you imagine if he just popped up all cheesing? He probably would cheese. He probably would. He'd That's be in a Rangers jersey or the something. Thing, the thing is, though, if he were on, he would take incredible pride and pleasure in how angry he makes me. So I would almost have to like tone it back and not give him that pleasure. That would probably be like my strategy at the beginning, but he'd probably get my blood boiling at some point anyway. I never even got to my favorite story. And my favorite story, it's not going to create quite the conversation that Joey's did, but I'm kind of looking it up on my phone here. Last night, the New York Islanders played against the Seattle Kraken, and my all-time favorite NHL player, Zach Parisi, scored two goals. One was on the goalie, and one was in an empty net, giving him six on the season. He's obviously an older player now. He's not the 30-goal, 100-point guy that he once was, but... Um, I love Zach Parisi and I always will. He will always be my all-time favorite player. A lot of what I root for in hockey is influenced by him. And scoring that goal against the Kraken made it where he's back to being able to say that he scored a goal against every team in the National Hockey League. And I was very worried. I went into the Kraken game yesterday kind of thinking to myself, Man, it'd be nice if Parisi can get one tonight. He doesn't score much anymore, but it would be really nice if he could get one tonight. And he did. And it was probably going to be his last chance because I kind of think he's going to retire after this season. It would surprise me a little bit if he came back next year. And this was like his chance to score against the Kraken. And they played him once already earlier in the season. He didn't score. So now he has a goal against all 32 NHL teams. He had with the Devils, he scored a goal against the Wild, and with the Wild, he scored a goal against the Devils. So it's definitely, you know, it makes me sad because you know that was just such a great part of my life when he was on the Devils and the Wild. I I can't say I've cheered for anyone hard. I don't think I'll ever cheer for an individual player as much as I ever would like have Zach Parisi. But, I mean, we'll see. Um, it also has him, the second goal, the empty netter, sat him at 399 career goals. His next one will be his 400th. So, very much looking forward to career goal number 400 for Zach Parisi. And, yeah, I don't know why. I totally forgot, like, Zach Parisi, uh, that whole Zach Parisi thing, because it made sense once you said it. But when you mentioned the Islanders playing the Kraken. I know what you're another- Another and I kind of got excited because I thought this is what you were gonna say when you said the Islanders, but I, I'll just go ahead and mention it, kind of feeding off of that. Zdeno what, Chara, oh, what's up, ahead. Frank? Go ahead, go ahead. Zdeno Chara tied Chris Chelios. Is it was it Chris Chelios? Yeah, it was right, Chris Chelios. Yes, for the most games played by a defenseman at one thousand six hundred and fifty-one. So his next Zdeno Chara's next game, still playing in the league. I think he's forty-five now, forty-five years young. Uh, will be a record game as he is going to be go down in NHL history as the most defenseman with the most amount of games played. So that's pretty cool. And he also, uh, it wasn't just that, he also climbed um, over Mark Messier for most career wins. So, and he's only behind Yager, Scott Stevens, Chris Chelios, Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, and Nick Lidstrom. So Big Z has been in the league for a while and he's he's setting records just by playing. So. Yeah, and it was really cool because I did think of you when I saw it too. That empty netter by Parisi 
was Chara floating it over the neutral zone and Zach caught up to the puck and put it in the empty net and they like embraced each other after. Yeah. And it's like Parisi and Chara, like those were our captains when we were kids, like Captain Parisi and Captain Chara, like the Bruins and the Devils, like that, th- that duo almost defined our house for yeah. how many years. Now they're on the shitbag Islanders. Now they're on the shitbag <laughs> Islanders, the team that we didn't like very much for a long time, either of us, but I root for them now. I, they're not going to make it, but um, after the game, Parisi was asked about Char, and just hearing him say nice things about Char it was it was kind of weird because I never expected to live in a world where Parisi's being asked about Chara, and it's just like imagine telling sophomore year of high school Joey that that was going to be the case ten years later. Like it's a little strange. Mm-hmm. Crazy so. how it all unfolds. I had an honorable mention though because you guys are talking about players making the return, and I know. You might know who I'm alluding to that uh, Mr. Hamburger himself made his return in net for the uh, Canadians. Andrew Hamburger. Hamburger. I thought that was so fun. Like I, I remember watching Andrew Hammond like it was yesterday and I can't believe it's been four years, but I had a gut feeling sure as shit he was going to pick up a win for the Canadians and he did. I was just happy to see him in net again. I just thought that was pretty cool. Joe, do you, do you still hate him and think he's a cheeseburger fuck, which I believe was your exact quote? Joey when, called him. They, they're the reason the Bruins missed, and Joey called him a cheeseburger fuck. I, I mean, that sounds pretty accurate. They get a fucking hot goalie who's eating cheeseburgers off the ice just because his name is Hammond. He becomes the Hamburglar. He puts it on his mask. What an absolute clown. McDonald's fucking sponsors him, and then it screws the Bruins out of a playoff spot. So, yeah, fuck Andrew Hammond. There you go. Fuck Sean Avery. <laughs> fuck Andrew Hammond. You guys want to play a game? It's a little shorter one today. We're running out of time, but I'm looking forward to it. You guys want to play? Yeah, let's yeah. play. And we period. will play shot, no shot. Yeah, I'm going to take a break. <laughs> Joe, I was handing it to you. <laughs> oh. We are going to play shot and no shot in period number three. Welcome to period three, where we will play Shot or No Shot. I will present a prompt to Frankie or Joey. Good afternoon to you guys. How's it going? Great. You enjoying the show so far? Yeah, I want to play a game. What was your favorite part of the show so far? The game. When I took a pee, I had to pee so bad. (laughs) I still got to go really bad. For those who don't know, I left the screen so I could get my charger. I, I don't have my computer charger with me. I forgot it. And here I am doing the show on Woo! Joey's charger now. This this is what did it, Frank. It was the oh, spark. Yeah. The, drink the spark. Drink break. Drink break. Drink break. Drink break. Spark zero. I finally found it in the cans. It's the 2022 Mountain Dew flavor. If you're a big Mountain Dew fan, I highly rec- recommend it. It's a raspberry lemonade flavor. Joey would have laughed if he saw that, Frank. You didn't see it. Yeah. Frank, he took a sip I... of his water. <laughs> because so yeah, I, I said i said drink break and you got the mountain dew i have a coke and he just grabbed a, his bottle of water i'm getting guy. hungry i'm getting a little hungry i'm dude. getting a little hungry too it's I a hamburger hamburger salmon sandwich oh for the love of salmon sandwiches and you know i was gonna click it of course you have <laughs> i also knew it. you were gonna say it when i said i'm getting hungry there you go guys we talked about the calgary flames and the edmonton oilers at length earlier in the show There is a chance that they meet each other in the postseason. If the Vegas Golden Knights win the Pacific Division, 
and the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers in either order come in second or third. They will match up in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I ask you, shot or no shot? We'll start with you, Frank. Shot or no shot? Edmonton Oilers versus Calgary Flames is the best possible matchup. Rivalry, competitiveness, everything that goes into what makes a playoff series entertaining. Edmonton versus Calgary, the Battle of Alberta, is the best option we got right now. Uh, I would say no shot. Um, Actually, I don't know. I'd have to look at the standings more in depth, but I think a Toronto-Boston Bruins series would be absolutely electric if that were to happen. Um, And when I was talking about the Oilers earlier, I'm not that high up on the Edmonton Oilers. I actually think the series would be kind of boring. It wouldn't be the Battle of Alberta that we all know and love and cherish because I think the Calgary Flames would absolutely smash them in a series. So I would say no shot. Joseph? Um, Just, Frank, I agree with you 100% that a Bruins-Leafs first-round series would be uh, would be the best playoff series, especially but it's not you, possible. I don't think it's it's really. I'd have too to possible. look at the standing. I don't know. Yeah, this uh, is like possible stuff. Obviously, like Bruins yeah. Canadians would be like numero. Yeah. They're the second, thirty second place team in the league. Like I don't think of the, the possible matchups. I don't think it's possible for the Leafs to catch Florida, and I think the Bruins are either going to be. You know, if they get a division spot, I guess it's possible if they end up climbing all their way the way up to a division spot. But that would mean Tampa would have to fall to a wild card spot. I just don't think it's possible. So I'm going to say shot just because, um, you know, the Battle of Alberta has been one of the greatest rivalries over the past, we'll say, four or five years that I enjoy watching. And to see that in a playoff series packed with fans would be, uh, in my opinion, electric. But I'm going to give an honorable mention, a very honorable mention to a playoff series between the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, a winter classic, a lot a winter classic rematch. Uh, and the way that these two teams are built, how uh, it, it's up there. It's a very, very close second right behind that Battle of Alberta. I yeah. agree. I think the Minnesota Blues would be a great series. Mm-hmm. I would rather that over the it, the way the winter classic went, maybe me too. Maybe me but too. I'm still sticking with no shot. Yeah, I'm going to say shot for first round because I think even if the – I agree that the Flames would win the series. I have no faith in Edmonton to do anything beyond McDavid and Dreisaitl. I hope they prove me wrong. I truly do hope they prove me wrong. I want that team to win. I like them. They're fun to watch at minimum. But I think Flames, Oilers would get rowdy regardless of the status of either team. They would fight a lot. It would be nasty. I will say, though, that's my best possible matchup in the first round. I don't think it's my best possible matchup in the postseason. There is a chance that the Lightning meet the Panthers in the second round, and I would like to see that this year with fans. It happened last year. It was different. I would love to see a 2022 F Omnicron, F anything restriction-wise. Florida don't give a shit anyway. I would like to see these two teams play in the postseason. I don't think it's possible in the first round because, like Joey said, I could see the Leafs coming in second. The only way it could happen is if they get really hot and win the division and then they meet in the first round. I do like the idea of the Blues versus the Wild, but I've seen it before. I know what Blues versus Wild in the postseason looks like. Have We, we haven't seen the Battle of Alberta in the postseason since the 80s, I believe. No, so, but it's just another chapter in a blues wild rivalry that has grown. You're right. Over, you're right. And another... it used to be wild hawks. But yeah. now if the blues play the wild again, 
I think they like have played them more in like modern era, right? The Blues and the Wild. Yeah, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. And there's another series that people might sleep on that I think I'll give an honorable mention. It also involves the Flames. If the Flames play the Kings, they have some battles. They've battled in the postseason, and Drew Doughty and Matthew Kachuk hate each other. They absolutely hate each other. Flames-Kings would be a great playoff series. It really would. Um, I think the Kings would steal one or two games as well. I do. Another one that you really don't think about because they're not division rivals is if the and especially the way this season has gone. I as I mentioned, out the them winning sixteen to one against the Boston Bruins, the Carolina Hurricanes are looking for a playoff revenge against the Bruins. As the past two times they met in the playoffs in the past few years, the Bruins have swept them both times. So, Carolina Boston could be a great playoff series as well. Based on points percentage, that would be the first round matchup. Mm-hmm. Based on points percentage. So it's very possible. The Eastern Conference teams, as we stand right now, in the above the playoff line from the Atlantic Division are the Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs, Boston Bruins. And from the Metropolitan Division are the Carolina Hurricanes, the Pittsburgh Penguins, New York Rangers, and Washington Capitals. The next closest team behind the playoff line are the Red Hot Columbus Blue Jackets at 26-23-1. They have 53 points, which trails the Boston Bruins by nine points with the same amount of games played. Gentlemen, I ask you, shot or no shot? The field in the East is already set. Joe, I'll start with you. I will say shot. I think these are the eight teams that we'll see in the postseason. It's just a matter of the ranking and the seeding that's going to be involved. But I do believe that these are the eight teams we will see in the postseason. I think with how hot Columbus is, unless they stay this hot for a very long period of time and the Bruins go on an absolute shit streak of of a losing streak, then that's the only way it would be possible, and I don't think either things are going to happen. So I'm going to say shot. Francis. Yeah, I'd say shot. I I thought this was set a month ago, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, like Joey said, it's just a matter of where these teams will fall. There's too much ground to make up for teams outside of the playoff line. It's just it's not going to happen at all. There you go. I'm going to agree with you guys. I know it's not as fun when all three of us agree on the same thing people like to hear us argue. We don't argue things that we don't actually think. Like, come on, I think it's a shot. I think it's the eight, eight that are going to make it. The only team I think that has a slight chance. I, I used to think the Islanders, but they're they're just not as strong as I thought they were. The Red Wings are the exact team I thought they were going to be. They'll be first out of, or second out of the playoffs. That's a win for them. I do believe that's a win for them. And then Columbus has been hot lately, and they don't have many superstars. Line is looking like a superstar right now, but is he going to keep it up? Maybe. I love. They do Rimbley. have a winning record. They do have a winning record, yes. And they're above NHL 500. They're also above, like, real 500. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm good with the – so do the Wings, though. The Wings, don't, the wings aren't above real 500, but they're above NHL 500. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with those teams. I'm saying no shot for that. But really quick, it doesn't have to be, you know, a long-winded conversation with this one. Same thing with the Western Conference. The Colorado Avalanche, St. Louis Blues, Minnesota Wild, Nashville Predators are above from the Central Division. And the Calgary Flames, Vegas Golden Knights, Edmonton Oilers, and Los Angeles Kings are above the playoff line from the Pacific Division. Frank, shot or no shot, the field is set for the Western Conference. No shot. It's not even a debate. 
there. You got the Dallas Stars who are on the outskirts looking in. You have the Anaheim Ducks, who I still think can make a run for it, even though they slowed down a bit. It's a lot closer in the West, and it's I can guarantee you that these will not be the eight and that there will be a team that jumps in. It, it, it probably will be the Dallas Stars, to be honest with you. But Joseph? Yeah, we can argue till we're blue in the face about which team it will be, but Frank, you nailed it. No shot. And, and anyone, any hockey fan has to say no shot. It's actually going to be quite the race for the the western conference bring it on if you tell me if you tell me right now that hey the winnipeg jets are going to be in the playoffs i'm not that surprised okay the winnipeg jets went on a run Uh, so there's literally four or five teams that are going to be battling till the very end in my opinion and it's going to come right down to april so no shot i agree no shot i think the kings could miss i think they could make it the Ducks have three more games played than everybody else, four more than some teams. So that's an issue for them. I do believe the Dallas Stars will make it. I'm with Frankie. I do think the Dallas Stars are going to make it. Um, Edmonton, if they trade for Marc-Andre Fleury, they might win the freaking division. If they don't, they might miss the freaking playoffs in general. So I think uh, they have a chance. Nashville, I'm iffy on Nashville. They might, they might not. Anaheim definitely has a you, Joe. But I don't like that. Oh, yeah, speaking of the Ducks, I don't like the fact that they played more games than everybody else, but I like their roster, so I also agree with no shot on that. A good person that I follow on Twitter is Steve Dangle. We showed a video of him earlier in the program and, you know, got a couple laughs, had a good time with it. One of his co-hosts on the Steve Dangle podcast is Adam Wild, and I've been following Adam Wild on Twitter for a very long time. Like, do you guys remember... Do you guys remember that song by the Strumbellas that was in NHL? I want to say it was NHL 15 or 16. It was like, I'm young and wild. I'm young Mm -hmm. and wild. Yeah, it's by the Strumbellas. Um, I remember they made a parody of it. I'm Adam Wild. (laughs) I'm Adam. And it was just, it was really fun. Like, that's how long I've been following those guys. Well, Adam Wilde decided to, on his podcast, the Great Steve Dangle Podcast, make sure you check it out. It's something that every hockey fan should want to listen to. I'm being dead serious. It is awesome. Um, He went on there, and he's a Leafs fan, so there's a little bit of Homerism here. He went on there and said that he truly believes that Austin Matthews is the best player in the NHL. And he brought up the fact that he's got slightly less points than McDavid. He's not saying he's the most skilled player. He made it very clear McDavid's the most skilled player. But when you look at some of those charts that show the advanced stats of offensive and defensive play, Matthews might score 60 goals, and he also like races down to the other end of the ice, and he's one of the premier defenders. He's probably the leader for the Selkie Trophy right now. And he's going to score 60 goals probably. He does both. So I ask you, shot or no shot, an argument can be made, Joe, that Matthews is the uh, best player in the NHL. No shot. Absolutely no shot. I'm trying to pull up some some league-wide stats here. Um, when was uh, his rookie season, Matthews? It had to be – so he was the 2016 first overall pick. Yeah, so, so 2017, right? 16-17 yeah. was yeah. the year. Yeah, so since then, from that point on until right now, he's ranked 12th in scoring, which is good. Don't get me wrong. It's phenomenal. But you look at some of the guys who are ahead of him, I think every one of them can make a claim that not every one of them, but most of them are there's a way better argument to be made that they are a better hockey player than them to say some names. Obviously, Connor McDavid, 
I don't know how anyone can argue against Connor McDavid, first of all. So he doesn't that, play defense. He's like becoming known for being like straight up bad at defense. Like he is bad at defense. But he does, does he make not up, But does he make up for his defense by having the puck in playing offense? He does. He has a better plus minus. But than Matthews, Matthews does both. He has a better plus minus than Austin Matthews. He's sitting at plus 76, where Matthews is at plus 65. Uh, a guy who's right at the top since the 17 season, number third in scoring. This is actually sick. Number third in scoring since the 2016-17 season is Brad Marchand sitting at 475 points with a plus 108. That's remarkable, right under Dreisaitl and McDavid. And then you got Patrick Kane, who, yes, okay, maybe Austin Matthews is a little better than him now at this point in his career. You need player. to take out Matthews' rookie season. Why, though? You took out McDavid's rookie season, where he wasn't point per game. Okay, since the 2018 season, he ranks... Still twelfth in score. Okay, it's, it's pretty similar. I, okay, now now do goals from since I, that season. Yeah, include his rookie year. No, we'll keep his rookie year out. Yeah, I bet you'd want to. Um, okay, is goal scoring all that takes to be the best player in the world? Is he one? It's, no, it's Alex Ovechkin. He's three goals ahead of him. Okay, David Pasternak is ranked five. Matthews only has. 31 more goals. Whole period to talk about the Bruins. <laughs> like, the answer is no. Uh, you cannot argue that Austin Matthews is the best player in the league. No shot. Frank? Yeah, I have to agree. No shot. I'm kind of surprised that he went on there and said that he's the best player in the world. Until you hear what I say. Because I, I just I don't see it. I, th- I think that's absolutely ridiculous that you wouldn't say Connor McDavid. Like, I just don't understand. Like, if you had the choice, you would choose Connor McDavid. You want the best player in the world. And I've heard you say that Connor McDavid's, like, the best player in the world, too. So it's just, I don't know. It's it's hard to argue. I, it's hard to believe anybody would argue that Matthews is the best player in the world. But no shot. I think McDavid is the best player in the world. But I, I'm starting to lean that I would rather have Matthews. Because Matthews scores double the goals. He still has a fair amount of assists, and he defends as well as any player in the NHL. I don't know about double goals. No, no, I'm not literally double. But I'm also selling him short when I say a fair amount of assists. He gets a lot of assists. But I don't know. I think it's an argument. Matthew's going to win the Hart Trophy, so that that's my true prediction. We'll see. I don't, I don't, know, if, I don't know if I agree with that either. It's going to win the Rocket Richard. Well, yeah, I think so too. But I, I think there's more that goes into things than points sometimes. McDavid is the most skilled player ever. Come at me, Gretzky people. Come at me. McDavid is the most skilled player ever. But Matthews helps us. He does a little more thing. He does a little more to help his team win. I believe that. I do believe that. The best player and the most skilled player are two different things. Uh, Connor McDavid should win the Pearson trophy every single season or not Pearson, the Ted Lindsay. He should win the Ted Lindsay every single season. That trophy goes to the most gifted player in the league. That's the definition of the award. McDavid should win it every year. Matthews to me, he's the leader for the heart trophy right now. He is outstanding. So I have uh, that's the same years, but playoffs. 
number one has got to be pretty obvious. Number one and two, you you had to figure that they would be on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, Kucherov, Nikita, Nikita Kucherov, and Braden Point, and then second or third and fourth, tied at sixty-eight. Brad Marsh and David Pasternak. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Gabe at the he house did. ninety-nine <laughs> ask the exact same question last week? He did. He thought Joey was somebody. Right yeah. around the same time, too. He started. Right? He started asking questions about. Uh, about the like, movie Goon. No, he oh, said yeah. you looked like a Twitch streamer or something. Oh, he said I looked like the guy. Uh, uh, what the fuck? Joey Snell Joey or Spades. Something? Joey oh, Spades. Joey. Yeah, you look like the racist Nazi guy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what it was. That's what it was. I'm what this isn't this... live. This isn't live. Yeah, no, this isn't live. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like this guy. Well, that's actually pretty funny. It's funny. So we, I got one more for you. It's not hockey related. It's back to a football. Football. Football season's over. Shut the f- two nights ago, the bad man that he is, Aaron Rodgers, went on Instagram. He was probably high on a little three chi. There's no doubt in my mind. He's been open to admitting that many times. He went on Instagram, posted a bunch of pictures of this past season. His pictures with Shailene Woodley, his now ex-fiance. And he thanked them. Very cryptic message, right? Then on the next day, he decided to go on the Pat McAfee show. And everyone was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers announced he's going to go on the Pat McAfee show one day, or not even one day, half a day after putting this post on Instagram, right? And... The, he leads off the Pat McAfee show by telling people he didn't want to come on just to like give some news. He like he he's not his future. That's not what he came on the show for. And then he goes on to apologize to everybody that he hurt while being an anti-COVID guy. Like really, Aaron, you think some people are going to be pissed off when you go and spread a bunch of BS about COVID? You idiot! Like no shit, your family's going to be like, dude, what are you doing? And. He went on and he apologized about all that kind of stuff. But then there was a mysterious woman laughing in the background. And there are people that are dead set on the fact that that's Shailene Woodley's laugh. So I'm not trying to start any rumors or anything like that. But did they actually break up? Well, I guess we'll find out in the future. But with all the knowledge about him going on Instagram and thanking his old teammates, the one picture that he used was he used a picture of Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams standing at the National Anthem, and it's the game against the Kansas City Chiefs that he wasn't there because of COVID. <laughs> like, they're just a cryptic, cryptic dude. And so I ask you, shot or no shot, Aaron Rodgers will be back with the pack in his final year of his contract in 2022. Who went first? Who went first last time? Sorry. I did. Oh, wow. Okay, so then it's Frank. It's Frank. It's Frank. I was afraid you're going to ask this question because I, I I don't know which way to go. I'm so torn every day. It's something. Did you different. really think I might ask it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, good. Um, Put that brain. Get that brain working. I, I don't really know where I stand. I I guess I'll say shot because I don't think Aaron Rodgers has the balls to leave Green Bay. Uh, I think he's just going to ride it out. Um, I really don't know what to say because it, it's so it's so hard with the, how he's been in the media lately and the cryptic messages and the way he's everything he said made it seem like oh maybe he is going to be out 
to Green Bay. I mean, odds were swinging. Like, if you were to leave, which team would get would get him? And I don't, I don't know. I don't think he has the balls to leave Green Bay. I think he stays. All right. So, Frankie, you say no shot. Or you or say no shot. shot. Yeah, shot, shot. Yeah. Or I will say no shot. I don't think – I think it – if you had asked me this – Exactly a year ago to the day, I probably would have said he's not going to play in Green Bay. He, he surprised everyone. Ended up having an incredible, incredible season in Green Bay. But I don't know. I'm just going to stick with that, and I don't think that he will be in Green Bay. I think there's. I think there's, it's legit fifty fifty. It, it, it very well could be. I, that that's a good good point because I won't be surprised if he puts on that Green Bay sweater again and has another amazing year next year. I wouldn't be surprised one bit, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he goes somewhere else. So. And takes one of his uh, one of his weapons with him. I wouldn't be surprised. He said, "I'm going to flip a coin. If it's heads, I'm staying. If it's tails, I'm going." I think it is so close. Honestly, if I were Rodgers, I would tell Green Bay to franchise tag Devontae Adams, and I'll come back for one more year, and then they both could walk in free agency next year, and then Rodgers could either retire or go play wherever the hell he wants. But I mean, you never know. I'm going to say. I'm going to say shot. I think he comes back to the Green Bay Packers. I do. So we will see what happens. Um, that's what I got for shot or no shot. That was that's a really fun. great, really great show. I like playing these games, one of the three periods every time. It gets the brain thinking a little bit. It's a part of the show that you guys have no clue where I'm going to go with it. And, you know, the first two periods, Frankie and Joey knew exactly what I was going to say and when I was going to say it. Third period. Not so much. And I, I kind of like that. So it's a lot of fun. And, you know, before we head on out of here, we're going to get to America's favorite podcast segment, Breaking Bets. Where's my money, bitch? Hey, there you go. It's a nice little touch. I like that a lot. For the Breaking Bets segment <laughs> I especially. I love Breaking Bad. It's, I mean, the things I feel for this show are like some may consider to be unnatural. So, Breaking Bets. Uh, yeah. Joe. No, not you. Frank. I don't have many picks. We get to steal Jay's pick. No, I'll be honest. It's tough. It's a tough day. I I don't even know. Like, well, he's like football's over. Right when football ends, he's got nothing to bet on. No, it's just the hockey. There's, there's like the hockey's tough today. Frank, you probably agree. There are other. It was tough. So I kind of went a little. I I did a hockey pick that I no don't normally say on the show. But if you want me to go first, I'll go first. I, I have a hockey pick that I don't normally say either. Or like it's unusual. It's a very wacky pick. You could go first, though. All right. Well, I have two hockey picks and a, a college basketball, so we'll kick it off with hockey, right? You got the Dallas Stars hosting the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, the Dallas Stars have been playing very well. They're at home, and I thought being at home and how much potential I think the Dallas Stars have, being minus 147 at home, eh, I'd hop on the Dallas Stars. I think that's a fairly good price. I think they're going to beat the Jets tonight. Um, it might be a good game, but I think ultimately the Dallas Stars come out on top. Segwaying over to the Colorado Avalanche visiting the Detroit Red Wings. Um, the line was kind of high for Colorado on the road, and I, I wouldn't take the goal and a half on Detroit. I wouldn't take the minus one and a half goals on Colorado. 
just because, you know, anything could happen. Colorado has shown that they let up some goals a lot, but they also score a lot of goals too. And they're one of the highest scoring, if not the highest scoring first period team. I love the first period over one and a half goals at minus 155. I'd expect there, there's going to be at least two goals. I'd be shocked if there weren't in the first period. But anyway, bringing me to my last pick, you got Xavier at number 11 Providence tonight. That game is just going to be a big East battle. Providence being the home team, they have a 14 and one record at home. They lead the big East conference. They're 12 and two in conference play yet. They're only minus 126. I think that is an absolute steal against Xavier. Xavier is only seven and eight in conference play. It's hard to play on the road in college basketball. Big spot for Providence to prove as to why they are number 11 ranked in the country. Take Providence money line at minus 126. There you go. Joseph? Frank, uh, that's so funny. I was looking at the uh, the Colorado Avalanche game. I didn't think any of our picks were going to overlap. They didn't overlap technically, but I was looking at the first period lines and stuff. I thought minus 167 was just a little too favored for there to be over two goals because, I mean, it does happen. Um, but I, I don't hate it because I was I was thinking I just think I wish it was a little lower than minus 160 or whatever it was. But well, I only have two hockey picks. It's very tough. It's a tough day in the schedule. I, not a lot is guaranteed. I mean, nothing's ever guaranteed in, in the world of hockey. But that Colorado Avalanche game is the one that sticks out to me the most because the Colorado Avalanche are such a good hockey team. They're coming off of a huge loss. And when a team like that, when they're that good, comes off of a, a loss like they did to the Bruins at 5-1, the, you know, your top guy, top guys really didn't do much. Yeah, Nathan McKinnon had the goal, but, you know, you let up five goals for a team that's been so good all year. I like the Avalanche minus one and a half. I do. I know the, it's sketchy in hockey to take the spread. They're going to win by two goals. Coming off of some big losses this year, they usually bounce back pretty good. They're playing against the Detroit team who – is nowhere near as good as them. So I like the minus one and a half at plus a hundred. I think that's pretty safe, but here's where, here's where it gets cheeky. Frank, you're going to love this. I got Kale McCarr over one and a half points in the game. I think he is, he is the, the engine that drives his bus, especially on the power play. Kale McCarr. I like the value at plus one ninety for Kale McCarr to have two points. That's a day at the office for this kid. Go ahead if you're. I don't know if you can do it on your site, but if you can, you got a little parlay plus action. It is possible to parlay that those two picks together at plus three ten. So it could be a big cash out day if uh, if we follow that and it hits. Avalanche put up a good game. Let's say the Avalanche do win four to one, like they are very capable of doing to the Detroit Red Wings. Big bounce back game. There's no way Kale McCarr doesn't figure in on two of those goals. That's that's just the way I'm looking at it. I like uh, the Avalanche a lot tonight. That's some great picks. I retired from gambling and I'm never gambling again. So I don't have anything for you this week, but maybe next week. Also, a little honorable mention, Friday, New Jersey Devils, Blackhawks. We're de- betting on the Devils to score the first goal of the game. <laughs> That's always 50-50. That's first scary. goal of the game, but it, it's intense. You That's sit there scary. and you're watching it, and you get you have a chance to right off the bat be be up. I don't know. Or I love you're that. really disappointed, and then really you got to chase the rest of the game. And then you chase it. Yeah. And then, you know how many times like I'm figuring out, oh, they'll score. Joey eventually. goes, well, they're not going to not score two in a row, so I'm gonna, I'll take the Devils again. Then it's two Hawks. They're like, all right, I'll take the Hawks. Then the but Devils. You know how many again. times? You know how many times I, I've I've done this, and this is just bad. Don't do this if you're a consistent gambler. 
you bet on your team. Let's say the Bruins are playing the Hawks, okay? Just for example sake. You you throw something on the Bruins to score first, okay? They don't. All right. So you you just lost 10. Okay, now your logic is okay, if I just bet 15 now, then eventually I'll come out on top. Or if I just bet 20, if I if you keep increasing your bet, you'll eventually come out on top as long as they don't get shut out. And I've done that before. And sure <laughs> shit, the bees get fucking shut out. <laughs> it's just my luck. So it's happened to me before. But there's also been times where I've done that. And the Bruins would win 5-1. to one. And guess what? I just bet on them to score next every time. I only didn't hit once. So there's ways to do it, ways not to do it. Don't do it like I do. So fun stuff, though. As long as people don't bet football based on what you say, I think listening to you is actually a good idea. Fade Joey on football. Ride him on every other sport. I don't know about riding me, but uh, kind of pop cul- one pop culture thing, Joe, that you're happy about. Pop culture thing. Are you happy that Lord Sidious is confirmed to be an Obi Wan Kenobi as of yesterday? Um, or did you not hear that? I didn't hear that. That you it, just told me that, but I mean that's kind of also a given. Like I'm, that not, really, how is it a given? That doesn't surprise me. Lord Sidious, the the, the actor. The actor who played him is in it. Like, yeah, well, I, I saw today that he will be. He he didn't deny like you know doing upcoming Star Wars projects like even aside from Kenobi. Um, but that doesn't surprise me. You're gonna have you got to have the guy who plays you know Lord Sidious. He's the galactic ruler of the Empire, and this is peak Empire right now, where the show is gonna be taking place. So yeah, it's that's yeah, true. that doesn't like surprise me. Like in yeah. its prime, prime. Like they had just taken over. Like they're on the hunt like, to kill all the Jedi. It's in its early phase in the prequels, it's I would it's probably still in its prime for episode four and five, but like. I don't know. They're all younger still. Um, pop culture. I'm super excited for Doctor Strange. It seems like each week I keep seeing new and new things. So I'm looking forward to Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Frank? Uh, yeah, I'm getting excited for Multiverse of Madness. I'm getting excited for Kenobi. And part of getting ready for Kenobi, I'm getting ready to start Book of Boba soon. So I'm getting excited for that. There, there you go. go. My honorable mention for the pop culture is next Friday. I guess it's Thursday for us. We will be seeing the Batman. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I just watched Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire two nights ago. And what's his name? I forget his name. He plays Cedric Diggory. And I'm watching, right? And I'm thinking to myself, he's going to be Bruce Wayne. like The guy who plays Cedric Diggory. Like, Cedric Diggory, like, happy-go-lucky kid. You know, everybody likes him. That's very... James Pattinson? Pattinson? Yeah. Really? He's the new Batman. He's Bruce Wayne. And I didn't like, know he was in like Harry a, Potter. He's like a dark, like... Just just the one show, the one movie. Up oh, four. okay. Yeah, Harry Potter 4. He plays Cedric Diggory, who... Yeah. I need to refresh my memory. I gotta watch those again. Avada Kedavra. No spoilers. Oh my god, Avada Kedavra. I know, but not everybody watching. Though. As my good pal Dylan would say, movies freaking fourteen years old. Figure it out. Um, well, in that yeah. case, excited about uh, the whole thing. I'm interested to see how Pattinson plays Bruce Wayne because, like I said, Cedric Diggory, happy-go-lucky kid, you know, champion. Everybody likes him. Even Twilight. I've never seen Twilight. 
but I can't imagine his character in Twilight being anything like Bruce Wayne. So I thought of something. Uh, I just started watching uh, Peacemaker on HBO. He's the character in Suicide Squad. John Cena plays him. Uh, Peacemaker, it's it's hilarious. It's a great show. I'm not really big into the DC universe. There's a lot of little jokes. John Cena. I guess. John Cena, yeah. There's a lot of little jokes that I, I don't quite, you know, can't relate to because I haven't seen Aquaman, Wonder Woman, uh, and then all the Injustice, Justice League movies, Flash. I haven't seen all that, but I'm really enjoying Peacemaker. It's very entertaining. It's very funny. I did see the Suicide Squad that he's in, so I, I'm, I'm getting the relation there. But uh, I recommend Peacemaker on HBO. There you go. And yeah. I said, I said James Pattinson. I met Robert Pattinson. I don't even know where James came from. But yeah. Oh, I mean, went right over my head. Did you get corrected? Is that why you muted yourself? No, I and I oh. no, I was I was thinking to myself. <laughs> I was like, I think I said James. It's not James. Yeah, but he definitely like muted himself and checked it with his pop culture correspondence no all all i had to ask is did i say james i had i had did i say james and i was confirmed that yes i did and i'm like it's robert robert yeah i said that absolutely like nobody told me it was robert i knew it was robert but yeah i just had to make sure that's what i said or was i just thinking it maybe and as uh skyler said and now king pookie the halo show i don't know if you guys saw the trailer for it i'm actually looking forward to that too me too i don't know isn't it on? Oh. It's on Prime, right? Is that the one on Prime? Paramount Plus so. or Paramount oh, Plus? Paramount that's Plus. it. Yeah, There's yeah, the Lord yeah. of the Rings show coming out. That's on that Prime. looks phenomenal. Yep, yeah. and Bel Air already debuted too. Yeah, on Peacock. A lot yeah, of cool gotta, shows. Gotta watch the shows, man. And here's my advice to people: Don't be closed-minded about shows. Don't that's try it. to be anti-popular. You're missing out. I mean, you're missing out. Let's be real. You yeah. are missing out. I miss out just because I have a problem where I don't want to start new shows, especially alone. Because Me too. I get in a bed, I'll fall. I don't want to fall asleep during a show I haven't yes. seen before. So yeah. I end up just throwing on Star Wars, like that I've seen 14 million times. Yeah. Like last night, I just watched episode one, The Phantom Menace. I could have yeah. actually watched, you know, Peacemaker or started a new show, but no. Yeah. Just throw on Star Wars for the umpteenth time. Absolutely. So great show. That's our little pop culture corner. Um, had a blast with you guys. Good hockey conversation. A little football here and there. Baseball tomorrow, Crosstown, Crosstalk, 2 p.m. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. I have no clue. But, I, you know, the negotiations are going on. I might just sit there for an hour and talk to myself. We'll see what happens. Um, very much looking forward to it, though, because there's a lot to go over when it comes to what's going on between Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association. Kind of have a feeling it's going to get resolved here soon. I think we're going to lose about 10 regular season games, but better than 50 regular season games or half regular season games. So we'll see what happens. They're going to get it done. I believe that. I've been told that. I trust that. I trust my source. And anything else you guys want to say before we head on out? Actually, now that you mentioned pop culture, I actually forgot about something. It's a shirt I'm wearing, too. I can't believe I didn't mention this is I am very excited that they announced the fourth season of Stranger Things coming in May. I cannot wait. That show is off the charts. Talk about shows that are banana lands and shows that you guys would like. You guys tell me, yeah, I need to watch those. You guys need to watch that show. The Joe will watch it somebody brings it up. be like, this show's good. <laughs> kind of like with, uh, what was the show? Greatest Showman. I tell Joey to watch The Greatest Showman for years. He watches it. He goes, Frank, this is a good, this is a good movie. <laughs> so when somebody tells him to watch Stranger Things, this is good. I'll start Stranger Probably Things. Texas. You start Breaking Bad. 
Greg, right. you'll get a text from me. I'll be I'll like, Stranger Things is an amazing, amazing. I don't show. believe you. I'll send you a snap. But you have to like commit to watching. Oh, yeah. You can't like, watch, one, watch episode. one episode. You Why can't watch one episode and be like, I started Breaking Bad. Now you got to watch Breaking yeah. Bad. That's not how it works. If I find out for any minute that you, you... give me a quiz on it. Yeah. that That's like the main character in the show. I'm in. Of Stranger Things. I'm in. I'm going to watch it right now. Yeah, I'm not. No, you're a lying no, sack of shit. I have no opinion. <laughs> um, Yes, King Pookie. I love Book of Boba. Uh, it's honestly some of my like the the final three episodes. It's seven seven episodes long, and I would say the second half of it. Go ahead and say episodes five through seven. Some of my favorite Star Wars I've ever seen. So there's there that. You go. And I loved it too. The last three episodes, especially how many were there total? Six, seven episodes. Seven episodes. Five and six were my two favorite. Star Wars anything ever. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know about ever. I loved the last episode of season two of Mandalorian too. Well, that was good. It was outstanding. Frank, you think that's good? Uh, I'm, I'm starting to five and I don't really have a choice. Episode five and six of Boba Fett give you similar vibes to the last episode. Like, it's sick. All right. So, absolutely. So all these shows, great. All these sports, great. I love entertainment. I love being part of all the different entertainment slices of pizza that are out there. And, you know, happy to do the show with you guys. I thought it was great. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. again. Make so sure you get into all the great Barroom Network shows, programs that are going on here. Um, Bulls 101, uh, Mike North Advantage. Uh, all the different uh, – Neil Stopchinski is doing amazing things with the draft coming up here. I'm doing Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow. The hockey show lives on. Can't wait to see what's going on across all Barroom Network platforms. For at the King Bean on Twitter, at Joey Parisi on Twitter, I'm at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. And as always, thank you for listening. Show me the pictures. Show the pictures, you little shit. Pull the other one out. That's what she said. That's what she said. Pull it out. Yeah. Stop it. I'll sign it. Thanks, Sean. Sorry for busting your Up to you. Yeah. Look at this cunt videotaping you. Think you'd sue me? I'd slap your head off and take your phone. <laughs> it's the same one you have. You don't need another one. Kick some ass. Don't go in.